0: Entrepreneurs have the ability to delay gratification. I don't. I'm learning. Black sheet boxing didn't happen in the night. <laughs> no, it didn't. It happened in a couple of years. Four garages and nine heart attacks. And whether three- you did it on purpose or not, it
1: found you. I just cared. And what combat sports did for me,
0: I wanted the world to be able to experience that. You do have a comeback story you went as far down as you can possibly go some people sit there for you at some point the only way was up you know why my enablers everybody
1: recovers different everybody there's ebb and flow and the biggest thing is you've changed no shit (laughs) isn't that the point your mind is trying to kill you and make it look
0: like an accident. What do you mean by that? So you created black sheep boxing for people who feel like the black sheep. My mom was everything.
1: And when she died, it was She won this award called the Studer's Award. It was issued out one out of 500,000 people. She would always think about other people. And I took that approach into the combat sport industry. Bad fucking idea. (laughs) Why? Because people
0: take advantage of you. How did they take advantage? You wanna do this? Welcome to
1: the Sacred Thomas Podcast. You mind if we say prayer?
0: Let's go.
2: Cool. Um, Sky, you want to pray soon? Yep. Thank you, God, for bringing us together in this moment. It's all for your glory. Um, you know, we just keep that, that mindset of unity, the mindset of helping others. And we thank you that you can use us in a positive light to reach. Even if it's that one it's worth it all, we claim in your name.
0: Amen. Amen. Boom. Amen. Thank you. Thanks. Awesome. So, all right, we're live. So, sitting down with Skywood and Jeffrey Meadows, the owners of Black Sheep Boxing. How y'all doing? Well, very, very, very well. You know, it's been a very productive day.
1: Uh, I know it came up from Houston. So. Yep. You know, no big deal. to uh, make this drive, you know, multiple times yeah. a month. I know the beginning. There's so much to talk about, and just we're excited to be here. Sacred, thank yes. you so much for inviting us out. You know, it's going
0: to be a it'd be a good show. Yeah, well, I'm excited to have both of you guys. I know you guys have some crazy things going on in your life that we'll we'll probably get to at some point. But I, mm-hmm. I want to first start here. And I was actually on your website, and I was watching a video. And Jeff, this one's for you. You said. In and out of penitentiaries, in and out of all these institutions. So we created black sheep boxing. Mm-hmm. Let's dive headfirst into that.
1: Well, it's my reality isn't another person's reality. So for me, it was. I have a brother and sister that's white picket fence, you know, married, kids, uh, repeated seventh grade twice. Uh, dropped out in ninth grade. Went to ALC, AEP, Leo, The Rock, MTC, ISF, the McCabe McCabe Center, Safe P three times, and then uh, of course Penitentiary. And it's just like you at an early age. One one week I'm wearing Abercrombie and Fitch fucking necklace, you know, because I I want to fit in with with the. The guy Abercrombie and Fitch people, you know, then next week I'm wearing Jinkos trying to skate and the black sheep just never fucking fit in. And, uh, that's just like immediately where my brain goes, you know, like whenever I made that statement and same thing in prison, I was such the outcast in prison. I stayed to my fucking self. I jumped rope. I played chess. That was fucking it. Like I, and then I developed a hustle about after two years in. But, and that hustle is the reason why I'm in the position I'm in today. And a lot of people don't know that. But that that statement, man, it's just like, I know there's other people out there that that feel the same way. Where we, where, the way we dress. And we're not doing it for ourselves. We're doing it just fucking fit in or seek validation or whatever the hell it is, man. There's an underlying issue that, that you just can't pinpoint, you know? And, uh, I was in D I was working on detox at the time and, uh, did this will hopefully close that, that question for you. And, uh, this, this individual, this man was just bawling his eyes out, coming off heroin, you know, and and uh, it was Warrior Boy Boxing at the time. My buddy Ray, phenomenal dude. And this guy said, man, I feel like the black sheep in my family. I look at him and I'm like, man, I, I appreciate it. Thank you. And he was like, why? And I'm like, ah, no big deal, no big deal. and Unfortunately, he isn't with us today. He, he did end up overdosing on heroin shortly after that. And... Then it just became Black Sheep Boxing. And then uh, there's, I mean, shit. And the beautiful snowball effect of fuckery happened. <laughs> you know, and things, life just kept ele- elevating. So, I mean, that's, that's really what I got on that that question.
0: So you created Black Sheep Boxing for people who feel like the Black Sheep. Yes and no. Uh, I mean, of course if I mean that's let let's let's go yeah. let's start from the beginning. How did it how did it start?
1: It started with uh, blind faith clothing. I still have the shirts in my closet. <laughs> a, lot, a lot of people don't know this about me, but sacred, you were there, you know yeah. uh, David Poku and that was the darkest time of my life. but yet it was also it looked like the most successful. Uh, so nobody actually, nobody fucking knows this about me. Nobody at the gym, none of my managers, none of my nobody. And it's, it's really crazy because when I, when I would go tell my story, they would say, how come you never talk about black sheep? Like my close friends. And I say, cause I got nothing to say. I just, I just, it, it's a part of me because I knew what it could have been. It was my first go at entrepreneurship and man, we had something special. Or you no, know, I don't normally say I statements, but I had something special because it was all me. Um, it's you could even go right now, go to Instagram and the, the fucker's still up. Mm-hmm. I just don't tell anybody. It's my faith is strong underscore. Mm. And it's a trip, man. It's uh I'm a little overweight, you know. Actually, no, nah, I'm fucking I'm overweight. And uh, it was just such a dark time in my life. Uh, Shoal Creek Hospital, twice, mental hospitals, tried to kill myself. Um, It was was crazy, though, because it was such a contradiction at the time. Because we sponsored positive people that live positive lives. And our motto for blind faith clothing was believing in the unknown and being sincere in your beliefs that the outcome of the future is going to be positive. It's all we cared about. Now from a business standpoint, I'm like, dude, that's our target audience. Fucking it's everybody. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And I created this optical illusion in my head that I was actually doing something good. And uh, I was really, I was doing good things for people but for all the fucking wrong reasons. All the wrong reasons. Um, and I still struggle with that today a little bit. You know, it's like, I'm not one to sit here and hide any of my fucking faults in life. None. And Sky knows, Sky's been, since we were eight years old, this motherfucker's been right next to me. And I have never denied my faults. I, I have turned myself into prison multiple times where I wrote all my, I mean, I, I have, I've accepted my accountability in multiple ways that some people couldn't fathom. And it's, it's, it's crazy that now I have a platform to actually say that where people are going to hear that. But there's a lot of things that people just do not know about me. And back to the question,
0: which uh, please remind me again, Sacred, I was saying, where where did it all start? Black yeah. Sheep Boxing, but you, you went even further back to Blind Faith.
1: Yeah. So, before but
0: let's but before we actually move forward to that, you you said with Blind Faith you were doing all of you were doing all of these things for all the wrong reasons. Whatever. What do you mean by that? It's the same concept where I started boxing. I started
1: boxing for the wrong reasons. I started boxing so people would fear me. I didn't want to get in a fight. I mean, I did <laughs> plenty of times and him and his sister would love to record it, <laughs> but I never wanted to fight. I almost had like that childlike, and this is just me being vulnerable and honest before I would get, before I would get in a fight, I'd be scared shitless, absolutely fucking just petrified. And then, then the switch goes off and then you just, everything's silent. And so even before Blind Faith Clothing, he, he, he told me one day that, hey, if you're going out with us tonight, man, like, actually, like, you can't come out with us. Because I'll, I would go, I would search for it. And I'd do it subconsciously. Going to 6th Street, you know, or, or going around the neighborhoods or whatnot. And it's like, for some reason I would seek it out. And I soon later found out why through fucking intense bullshit, not bullshit, just intense therapy that I did not like. That made a lot of sense. And it was very on point. But, um, and then it just kind of like, it just rolled over the boxing. And then, uh, I, I'll never forget. It was LA boxing, and I actually just ran into Kenny uh, at the uh, the Domain three nights ago. I haven't seen him in fourteen years, and uh, I, I get out of the car and, and whatnot. And this is a trip that that you're asked that so 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 cool, man. And this guy looks at me and he's like Je- Jeffrey Meadows, and and I'm like, who the fuck are you, man? Like, <laughs> And then he's like, Kenny, he, LA boxing, and I was just like, my God, he was the first person that I ever sparred. Wow. And uh, and he, he will tell you to this day that he put it on me. <laughs> <laughs> he, he did, you know. Uh, but he couldn't beat my timing. He could not beat my timing. And uh, I hit him a couple good times, and then he just said, he's like, who the fuck is this? And then he just he he laid into me. And I, I didn't drop. I didn't. I didn't kneel. But that was the first time that I actually got to feel t- like, you know what I mean.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And then I fell in love, just completely engulfed in the love of the sport. And then the universe uh, decided uh, to take me down another path, and uh, that's uh, dropping out, and. Uh, being incarcerated
0: probably for the next on and off for the next seven years. You said dropping out, dropping out of what? Well, after. Rep- and can can you move the mic a little closer? Yeah. To your face? So you can move the mic. You don't have to move yourself. You nah, got- I don't know how this <laughs> fucking works. <laughs> 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 Just put it put it right slightly below you like this. Okay, we good. good? Yeah,
1: yeah. All nice. right. So, um, well, I- Miss Rothlessberger, she's an amazing woman, by the way. I'm just going to say that, man, that on that positive note, <laughs> she held me back. I was like two points shy of what I needed. And I remember her saying, uh, you got to repeat seventh grade. Mm. And, uh, so after that, then, uh, repeated ninth grade. And then, uh, and I just said, F it," you know, uh, having a single mother, uh, worked at Polly Ryan, God bless her heart, um, uh, you know, we did what we wanted as kids. Like, we grew up in Houston. Like, me and him, we
2: grew up a block away? Yep. Two that. blocks away. I remember the first time I met you, I had just moved into the neighborhood, got on the bus, and we're part of the uh, rollerblade community, which is very, like, there's a rollerblade community? No. <laughs> you know, this is aggressive inline. you know, so it's grinding shit. In the pikes. 90s. In the 90s, you know, like, getting after it. And... uh yeah, I mean, so it was very rare that you came across another, yeah. you know, skateboarders, BMX, all that shit. There was everybody everywhere. Um, but stepped onto the bus, and it was kind of like the uh, the we Forrest the Gump. It was like the Forrest Gump. Yeah, we're the, we're the minority. But it was like the Forrest Gump, like seats taken. Like, you know, I'm stepping into this, what, sixth grade, you know, and everybody's already got their friends and their cliques and whatnot. And. I step on in the middle of the year and step on the bus and I'm just looking like, oh shit, this looks like a full ass bus. And then Jeff, I remember he like told somebody to get up. He was like, no, you get up and go find another spot. And he was like, Hey, come sit with me. And I'm like, Oh, thank God. Okay, cool. And I noticed, Holy shit, that white England clothing, uh, if I can, you know, hoodie. Mother- and that's a brand that only another, yeah. you know, inliner would, would recognize. And God, from is- that point on, it was like, Holy shit, you know, found a, found a brother in the, yeah. the aggressive inline, you know, sport, so.
1: Never dreamed.
2: So that was where it started. Yeah. And uh, That's we would, you, uh, that, yeah. pretty much on a daily, it was a matter of like, starting my house, I go get Jeff, and then we go into Greatwood and pick up all the, the rest of the skate crew. And by the end of it, you know, we've got... Eight, nine, ten people. And we we're the poor kids. Yeah, we're yeah, we were on the, <laughs> we're the other side kids. of the we were on the other side of the tracks. <laughs> Nobody wanted to role like, play with us. And that's, guys, where, I we that's mm-hmm. where I picked up filming. That's where I picked up filming because, mm-hmm. you know, Cody Dryden, shout out, dude. You had a, a big role in where I'm at today. He was selfless enough to give me his camera. I remember it was remember a mini that. DV camera. And I was like, whose camera is this? It's just I've noticed I've been here a few times. I've noticed it's in the same spot. And he's like, dude, take it, start filming with it and, you know, do something with it. And I was like, Psh, you ain't got to tell me twice. Mm-hmm. Bam. I, I start filming. Fucking with, day. And I'm thinking we're doing all this crazy, you know, extreme sports. Somebody has got to be filming this. And this is before the time of everybody with an iPhone that could anybody and everybody had a phone. And everybody just, no, I was the only one with the camera at that time. digging a 10 foot hole. <laughs> that's about five foot wide for no fucking reason. And trying to jump over it. Oh,
1: yes. Bike. Yes. Horrible <laughs>
2: idea. Absolutely horrible. So when the camera busts out, you know, people start doing some ridiculous shit yeah. and, and that, yeah. so that was, you know, kind of the earlier stages. And it's really cool that we're still in touch with, you know, that it was such a bond that we created yeah. through that, you know, Eric Bayer, you know, yep, Grant Norton. Yeah.
1: And, uh, and I think that's, that's honestly, man, like not to get it like, I'm fuck it. I'm sensitive. You know what I mean? And like, I I really am. And after so many years of just stuffing positive, these endorphins and dopamines down, you know, because of the environment you're in, people search their entire lives for a friend like this. Hands down, don't give a fuck what you say. They search whether it's a a life partner, a a wife, a, a best friend. Like this is this is so fucking rare. And I I like to think because we have so much of the same similarities, regardless of what anybody fucking says, we are put on this earth to help people. And um, my mentor tells me time and time again, Jeff, it's none of your fucking business what people think about you. And ever since we were a kid, i like he didn't have clothes. I would I would never forget. I would literally give him the take my pants off, give them <laughs> give them to him, and I'd run home and grab another pair of jeans. You know, like all the rain stuff. Yep. Like, no, did you? So did you-? I,
2: I had clothes, but he was like, No, 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 I gotta get you in the name brand shit. Like he always <laughs> to this day, you know, to this day. Well, it was rain, it, was, it was rain. Kind, it was like and, razor. And- You know all the skate clothing. Viewers are like, "What the fuck?" Yeah, like, "What is that?" I don't know. Rain. Google rain. R e
1: i I g n. Yep. '90s (laughs) rollerblade jeans. They're fucking cool, man.
2: Uh, But uh, but let me step in for just a sec and just say that the desire that is just burning in our hearts. There's a lot of things that pull us away from this, and try well try hmm. to pull us away from this desire but ultimately at the end of the day, no matter what, whoever screws us over or whatever happens, the circumstances change, but our desire deep down in in our heart is to, you know, help and inspire. And that's why I love martial arts. I've been, Mm -hmm. you know, a lifelong martial artist since I was nine. And my dad started the gym in 92 and yada, yada, yada. Now we run, you know, we have a gym in Houston. Um, And then we teamed up and, just totally changed the game up here. And I know there's a lot of people looking in thinking there's a lot of drama there uh, at black sheep, but ultimately it's just, if you're doing everything Hmm. right and under the radar, nothing's going to, everything's going to be smooth sailing. But if there's some shit popping off and there's some drama happening, then you might want to check twice because they might be doing something right. And who are you going to follow? Are you going to follow the people that are talking about, you know, this, that, and another, whatever the noise the noise? No, we're gonna let that all just settle, and we're gonna keep pressing yeah. forward because I feel like it's all just a distraction to try and keep us from what we're called to do. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. And so, that
0: really is what. So my my audience doesn't really know about the drama that's going on. We're gonna get, we're gonna actually get to that right <laughs> now. Just right now, <clears throat> I want to focus on. You both started Black Sheep Boxing. Mm-hmm. I know. It started in your garage? Uh, no.
1: Um, this started in <clears throat> one of my closest friends, Ray Price. Six Ray six. Price. Uh, you know Ray. Six. Right. Maybe. Yeah. Um, so I got out of the penitentiary March 24, 2017. Um, I had about six months of uh, Chaos. And it wasn't because I was an alcoholic. It was because I had a Jeff problem. And the alcohol was my solution to the problem. I'm going to go into something that, a little off topic. But everybody recovers differently, whether it's codependency, whether it's alcoholism, whether it's attention seeking, the thing is, is we all tick differently, and if you can never develop an awareness on why these patterns are continue to to surface, well, without an awareness, you can't identify a, the bad habit, and you can never implement change. And how do you develop an awareness? fucking accountability. And people walk around here and everybody have all these enablers. And that's why people either die or they don't change. And they're 40 years old and they're still, excuse my, I'm not excuse my language, bitching about the same shit that they're bitching about 30 years ago because nobody ever held them accountable. And even if they did, they got defensive or they held him accountable Out of a place of resentment And not love and compassion That's the big thing Like when it, he, Man him and his wife Man that's fucking shit fuck. <laughs> They're amazing But if I'm fucking up Like they're gonna come at me From a place of love Like straight love Like Jeff We care about you Like Not Jeff You know what I mean Like, Like there's that and when that happens, that 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 switch never goes off, and because you just, you have this, you just want to listen. And if you truly care about those people, you're going to take it into consideration, and you're going to implement it. And it takes like what thirty days to develop new habits. Write that shit on a mirror, man. Like, uh, give somebody spiritual uh, a guide, spiritual fucking um, guidance to. Give you accountability, or is it spiritual? It's it's a fucking phrase we used to use. Um, uh, but anyway, but you're giving somebody the right to hold you accountable. So when he does, you can't get fucking pissed off because you it, It's like a spiritual contract.
0: Mm. It's
1: one of my favorite terms. Um, and uh, I, I got a little off topic, man. But but is it, that's just so fucking important to me. And to me, that's what separates us from a lot of fucking people. Like, by no means, Sacred, I'm not a fucking saint. And I don't, I'm not trying to be a fucking saint. I don't want to be a saint. I want to live my life. I want to touch hot stoves. I want to learn and I want to grow. But I will tell you this, and I know people could testify, and I know you can too, Sacred. I have never gone out of my way to hurt somebody. Never. Mm -hmm. Have I hurt people? Absolutely. Have I done it on purpose? Absolutely not. I do it because my selfish thoughts and I put one busy or this or that. And then I, I don't, I don't put other people's feelings into consideration until I touch the hot stove. I burn myself and that person holds me accountable out of a place of love. And then I rarely ever do it again. And there's some people out there that know who I'm talking about that could testify again for that. Um, and I just think that's that's the answer to fucking most problems.
0: Do you think accountability is is how you went from the path you were on to the path you're on now, the path you were on before Black Sheep? Small role. What was the pivotal point that changed your path? My why. What's your why? At the time? Yeah, what What was your why at the time?
1: I remember calling, I remember calling him, and I'm, I'm getting emotional. I could not stop drinking. And the people, like, I drink now. You know what I mean? Like, like I, I don't hide shit from nobody. But the thing is, is I had this Jeff problem. I was molested as a kid. I'm not looking for no pity party, but this is just my story. This is just this is just my truth. And I, I, the world owed me something, and I had a chip on my shoulder, and you look at me wrong, and I had to install fear in people, and th- this is, and, and I, 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 I was scared to fight. You know, it, it's almost like if you, as I saying, if you talk about like like you drive a really big truck, that means you gotta. <laughs> Hello. You know what I mean? It's like it's, it's, it's almost a, it's almost like the same concept. You know, you go searching for a fight. and Most of times, you can't fight. I was very fortunate that that I, I was I was okay. But it was just it, I don't know. It was, it, it's I just had this this piece of in me this resentment, and over the years, I, I realized that. When you're blocked off From having some type of connection To not just people I call it God Because it's relatable um, Spirituality that, that that being blocked off Like can you right, for right now Sacred Can you think of a people place or thing Where you're just like oh, motherfucker. Like any, anybody You just like You think about it And you're just like Motherfucker Like just Oh <laughs> someone that I Yeah just anything
2: People
0: place or Yeah people place I think of TDC And I'm like Those oh, fucking pieces of shit Yeah it's hard for me to think But I mean There's, there's I have some people that Yeah but, that Those types of things People places and things They they don't really sit At the fester. forefront of my mind So it's When you ask me that question They fester hmm? They fester they, they, They're this big Three don't notice
1: them And then three years later They grow And you got 20 of them that grow and they fester and you don't realize it. And those resentments, they block you off from your connection with whatever God you pray to. Again, my personal beliefs.
2: Yeah, how I see it is like a duck when the rain drips on its back and it rolls off. (laughs) Some philosophical shit. Because that's what my mom, you know, embedded in me. She's like, no, just let it roll off like a fucking, you know, just like a duck and the water and that's because i've seen shit i saw it with my stepdad he died from no specific reason or another except for the fact that he held on to things he held on to every last thing from when he was you know a kid and i know that because he told me and he told me time and time again so i'm like okay it's definitely still there and i'm like i will not go out that way you know god rest his soul but it's like a lesson learned you know, don't hold shit in. You gotta just
0: let it roll, and you can't yeah. let it fester.
2: Instead, See, I, so,
0: so, the opposite. So, so you guys have let things fester, or you? <laughs> no, 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 no. Oh no, me, no, I'm on. Fester.
1: They're fester. Fucking there.
0: you've let things fester. Let's go back. What was your why at the time, <laughs> man? And then, can you, um, whenever, whenever you move, just move the mic. I got you, bro. <laughs> I'm gonna be a pro with this shit. Oh, yeah. oh okay, so, yeah, yeah, so anyway, you can edit that shit out. And but <laughs> can you hear me? Actually, stay a little bit closer because your your shot, like the wide, all the way in that corner is pretty. I got you, bro. Yeah, you got getting you like a this. little tight. hold on, yeah, man. You yeah, yeah. like, don't got a lot of room in, the, in this room. <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah. No, That's your ADD is crazy right now, no. <laughs> bro. I'm nervous. <laughs> I got you, bro. There you go. Yeah, there you go. There you go. You not. I used to
1: talk in front of people all the time. No,
0: you're good. Something about today is just nerve wracking. No, because- you're good. You're good. So we'll go back. So what was your why at the time back then? It was whenever my you, mom. When, whenever you had, I'll actually rephrase it so we can just cut and start here. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> <laughs> We're not going to start the podcast here, but for this question. Whenever you had, a, you, you had a pivotal moment in your life where you changed the direction of your life, mm-hmm. you said the reason that you changed was because you had a why. What was your why back then?
1: It was a collaboration of things. Why do I need to be a good person? Why do I need to be a good son? Why do I need to stay out of fucking penitentiary? Why do I need to be a good brother? Why do I need to be a good boyfriend? Why? It kept going. But when that why is so powerful, I'm talking so powerful, there's a saying that when you want to be as successful, as bad as you want to breathe, then you will become successful. And there was nothing that could I don't. It's just like you. You just know, like, I. I truly think a lot of people go through this this life and they never experience what a real why is, because they never knew hell, they never knew Hades, they never knew what it's like to live in a fucking sardine can at 120 heat index, where you could touch both walls, to where you had to pull the mats off the metal slab and dump a baby powder on it just so you don't stick to it. That's hell. And whenever you understand and and, and you experience hell on earth, if your perception doesn't shift, you're just a fucking psychopath. (laughs) Because that was... I wouldn't wish those dark times... On anybody, and like my my good friend, one of my closest friends, Cedric, he 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 just did five years, and during COVID. Mm. So now, what I'm explaining to you times fucking ten, people are dying left and right. Mm. Like the Texas Department Justice system, it it it, it, when I got out, that why wasn't powerful enough. Penitentiary scared me sober for a couple months. And then uh, it's, I mean, I just, I, I just, this is just my story. I just got to say it. So yep. my mom found me naked uh, in my backyard with uh, fucking her car parked all fucked up. And uh, she woke up and she said, I never want to see you again. I had 800 bucks. I called, uh, I, I Googled sober living. And this is where, this is, a, this is a really amazing story. I just Googled sober living near me. At 800 bucks, I was, I was uh, bartending at the time at R.C. Fowler's. Uh, my girlfriend, she was the uh, bar manager. Uh, we lived together. And um, you got to go. You know, so anyway, so I go to this place called Udomineo, Uh and I walk in. There's these three. I thought they were counselors, man. Uh, Stephen Long, Terry. Uh, you know, God rest her soul. You know, she's passed recently. And Colleen, and they uh, they are never in the same office, and they're they're spread out across Texas. And I think they're like some counselors or some shit. So anyway, so I come in. They I sign my paperwork. I'm driving in the sober living, and uh, Stephen Long old Steven and uh, you know what I'm talking about he's oh, yeah. still to this day train him and his son come to the gym uh, beautiful story behind him and uh, he calls me and he goes hey this is uh, Mr. Platt and I'm like uh, yes sir who is this uh, this is the director of operations can you please turn around and come back in here <laughs> yes sir whatever he's like dude I can smell alcohol in your fucking breath I cannot let you in and I'm like okay so now what then uh, he's like, go send out there. And then these three amazing people, man, they're just, they're just shooting the shit for a minute. I come back in and Colleen has a, an address on a sheet of paper. And uh, she says, Jeff, do you want help? Back of my mind, like, fuck no. I got nowhere to go. Girlfriend said she's done. Mom said she's disowning me. And I remember she goes, we're going to do, we see something in you. They're exact words. They said, Jeff, we see something special in you. We see a gift of desperation that we haven't seen in a while. And here's an address. If you want help, drive to this address. And uh, I drive. It's called, uh, uh, um, not Brackenwood. Um, it's the Detox, uh, Briarwood. Briarwood Detox. And I drive out there, man, and it. I drive up and down that street for a fucking hour, almost running out of gas, like, self-talk right self-affirmations and self-care <laughs> character assassinating and just mm-hmm. like can't figure out like am i gonna go in this am i gonna do this this is my first time like i've been to therapeutic communities smart programs, safe p mtc I, all that that jazz but that's different you know what i mean this is because i want to go actually i didn't want to go but i didn't have a choice but what have so I, you know, I said, fuck it. I turned myself in, turned, or I didn't turn myself in. I walked in and volunteered and uh, they scholarshiped me. And it is extremely rare to get the type of scholarship that I received. And uh, they spent $170,000 on me.
0: Probably to help you get. get better.
1: Yep. Because they said they saw something in me. And, uh, You stay in detox for five days. And I guess I was just special. And I stayed there for three fucking weeks. (laughs) You don't even go to meetings in detox. They would come pick me up twice a week and they would drive me to a meeting on their own time. They issued me a counselor in there. You don't get a counselor when you're in detox. Detox, you detox for medication. Then you go to a a step-down program, a treatment, IOP, OP, whatever that looks like. And uh, I transitioned And then I get out And uh, I'll start speeding this up And anyway So then I get out And uh, they did all this nice stuff for me And and uh, I, I go work for my buddy Teddy Dib I don't know if y'all know Teddy Yeah, Teddy Teddy Dib There we go Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. With Teddy. yeah Teddy What's going on? He's gonna <laughs> hate me for this But fuck it mm-hmm. So I go start car detailing for him I'm a horrible car detailer <laughs> Horrible And Uh man, within, um, he hands me his card. He says, hey, Jeff, will you go to the store and give me a pack of cigarettes and a five hour energy? Cool, I give me a five hour energy. And this is whenever I, this is when I soon realize that it's not the substance that I put in my body. It's my, it's me, it's my internal condition. And holy fuck, man, I'm like three, five hour energies in, in 20 minutes. That was a bad day. <laughs> I'm calling my sponsor. I'm like, is this considered a relapse, this and that? And he was like, well, I mean, kind of, but <laughs> uh, we're not going to reset your date." But anyway, that was the first time that I realized that it doesn't matter if it's codependency, if it's uh, uh, shopping, if, it's, if you're doing something that changes the way you feel, and you want more and more and more and more? That's an issue, because a lot of people go to the bars sacred because they like the the uh, the effect it produces. I went to the bars because it fixed me.
0: How did it fix
1: you? Oh, in a million different ways, a million. I now I now I could talk. Now I can. I feel more comfortable in my own skin. Now I, I could, I don't, I feel like I fit in. It took everything away. And then you black out. And then it wreaks havoc. And so I went down, I'm going to skip about five years <laughs> of straight shit. His wife literally said, You are not allowed to hang out
2: with him ever again. <laughs> wow. We don't have to go into that night. Uh,
1: uh, it was, was a fun night. It was an amazing night. <laughs> Allison is an
2: amazing woman and I'm so Oh, but I do want to say something that was fun. That yeah, night is we did end up back at the gym. I don't remember. And it was hilarious because we end up in the gym, he's pissed. He's trying you know, he's seeking that and normally you back in that night. Would, yeah we, we get on film yeah we have it on surveillance yeah at my gym in houston and he and i mean rewind back he would normally beat people up for talking shit about me and i just thought everybody liked me in high school i was like oh man i'm the shit you know and it turns out jeff is like my personal bodyguard <laughs> because he just took it personally anytime anybody would say anything about me because i had you know i mean i do i was I, with I, any I, of my friends had a Pure soul you know and i'm not out to get anybody i'm always out to help so he was like a guardian angel in that time of mm-hmm. my life and and you and uh, john sanchez yes. Shout out to john sanchez oh, like God. from the outward looking in this dude is a bad dude but no he's got a great heart you know maybe the system whatever you know we're not going to detail <laughs> love you john nope. love you john <laughs> but uh no and and just moving forward from there you know just uh having back then you stepping up for me and then here we are fucking continuing. surveillance surveillance thank you for bringing me back <laughs> so then
1: we it's so good we were with bobby
2: guzman <laughs> so, yeah <laughs> and so we ended up at the gym and now he's wanting to beat my ass you <laughs> know but it wasn't me it was just he just wanted to fight no i was drunk you know it was drunk and yeah And we end up at the gym and sure enough, and I had been doing jujitsu for about a year before. I think I started about a year before. You've been training for like seven years. But yeah, then before that, I've been doing all sorts of other shit. But, uh, and I was like, okay, this is the deal. You can, you know, punch and whatever you want to me, but I can't strike. And I can only you know use my grappling skills. <laughs> just he just comes wild, I'm fucking, ta- ta- ta, and then never about, trained before. Tap, tap, never tra- 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 okay. okay, all right, reset. Okay, then he's just getting he's getting more and more mad. In the background, your boy is like seriously having you know with Bob those Bob bags. He's just I mean so seriously fucking this guy up. <laughs> <His know>? head, <laughs> he's head <laughs> him in the <gasps> <gasps> background. We're, we're all throwing fucking stomping him so that's going on in the background which we're still trying to find this footage yeah. like i have it i have all the surveillance but it's just so many hours and days that we, you know we will Shit, definitely funny. release that to the community eventually like you will be rewarded with that so <laughs> but uh yeah i thought that was kind of uh, kind of just a uh you know hysterical point. I, just, I just remember but saying then the next morning that's when alice was like y'all can't ever hang out again like it's no. yeah <laughs> well you also ran from the cops that night that was, yeah, that yeah. was that night. Yeah, you literally, literally. I mean, I had the genesis. Nah, bro, that was fucked up. I mean, just got that? I was like, I'm literally like, I literally surrendered. I said, I'm going back. So it was basically going through a four-way intersection. We're hauling ass. We're where, in my genesis. Where, where did we come from? We don't have to say. Yeah. It. We're coming in and, and it's, everything slowed down. And, you know, you turn and look and then I saw the lights come on as we're going through and then man i hope i'm not incriminating myself right now (laughs) and we just we did i was like i mean it's that split second like do we no i was like dude he ain't gonna no we're just gonna keep going and then bam we turned in and you know just kind of hung out under a tree and some shadows for a moment (laughs) then got home and was like we didn't hurt anybody you know it was all good we're good I haven't made out for a minute but i did that for jeff okay so i did do some things to i still owe you because i know oh yeah i do yeah i really do i remember it's flashback wow <laughs> i got you after this <laughs> not necessary <laughs> fuck it all right anyway good times good times
1: <laughs> um man but it, it just it just got dark and uh I get a lot of kickback from this and uh, I'm okay with it, you know. Uh, Everybody recovers different. Everybody, there's ebb and flow. And the biggest thing is you've changed. No shit. (laughs) Isn't that the point, you know, to change? Of course, in a positive, healthy manner. But, you know, back to that why... When that why becomes so powerful, sacred, that how becomes easy. And when I got out, that why was so powerful. Hey, there was nothing that was gonna fucking step in my way. I knew exactly what I wanted to do in life. And uh it was to help people. But I wanted to help people. So a lot a lot of people don't know this about me. And they think I just decided, woke up one day and decided let me, let me, let me box. Or like let me put some gloves on. I actually studied anatomy, kinesiology, uh, vitamins, minerals, recommended daily allowances. I could break down more uh, fucking, I could break down polypeptide bonds and how I could go into it for days. No toxicity from vitamin C up to 2000 milligrams. Like I could go into, and I studied and studied and studied, and then I would help. Inmates lose weight based off uh, the money they have coming in on, on their commissary six months up to their discharge date and I would do that through combat sports um, studied weight transition uh, years you know um, and that's where and, and I boxed before that at, at LA boxing you know with Kenny uh, uh, he he Kenny was just He looked like uh, uh, what Was it Chris Chris Tucker Right the comedian
0: mm-hmm.
1: Looked exactly like Chris Tucker But younger Goofy goofy kid Super super nice And uh, Then after L.A. Boxing Of course You know Got, got incarcerated I think I went to uh, ISF MTC and Hendrickson After that And that was like Dog eat dog And You know It just evolved In it's own way and uh, it was just something I was always good at, but then I hit a, a point in my life to where I just I hated it. I hate fighting. Will I, if if somebody provokes me enough? Like most of the time, no. Like I, you could ask Sky. Like I, I go home these days. There's been a couple incidents recently um, because my mom just died. Where. it did almost come to um, fruitation, as I think that's the fucking word or some shit. Fruitation? Sure, fruition. Yeah, fruition, whatever the fuck. Yeah. I like fruitation. Yeah, I, I, say come to, I was going to say come to surface, but I'm like... That's a little more But, you know, you know, we're on a podcast. It sounds smart. You know? And I remember I was with this amazing woman the other night. And, uh, you know she she's such an amazing person and we're driving and these three people they do something and we're in one of the vehicles and I slam on the brakes and I open up the car and she grabs my arm and she goes if you ever do anything like this again I will never talk to you again I say yes ma'am and uh I took that at heart because uh I haven't acted like that in a long time. And uh, all the shit that I have been through this past year and I don't want to fucking piggy party. But if you lived two weeks in my fucking shoes right now, um, you know what, I, I got no answer to that. Because it's just gonna come off really shitty. Mm-hmm. And that's just the truth. But it, it, yeah, it, it's just like, it's this ebb and flow of life and having that awareness that we talked about. I know we're going off off topic, but it's just really on my heart. Having that awareness to say, yes, ma'am, to respect and put their feelings before yours, because that's embarrassing. I get out, I hurt somebody, somebody hurts me, then what? Go to jail? You lose the person that... that that you're intrigued by, you know, Mm -hmm. like what comes of it? But you don't think about that in real time, real time accountability. That's a perfect example of what real time accountability, not waiting until you get home and then you hold them accountable real time. You don't do it in public. You pull them to the side and you bring it to their attention. And because she did that, she probably saved me from a lot of shit. And, but now I just laugh and go home, you know, mm-hmm. if something similar happens, uh, but yeah, and I got off topic, but I mean, it's it's all fucked in my head to be honest with you guys after losing mom and mm-hmm. everything's blending together with just everything, you know, I'm not going to get in on it and, you know, lying, stealing cheat, just the people, I just I I hope, hope they they have good hearts. I truly believe it. I'm in with that.
0: Well, I know you've you've definitely been through a lot as as recently throughout your whole life. How has black sheep boxing? Do you have any stories about how black sheep boxing has changed your life or anyone's life that attends or has? Who attends the gym?
1: It it changed my life in the beginning, but I'll pass this in the beginning, not, not in the, not, not in the end, no, not at all.
0: Has do you have any stories of how Black Sheep Boxing has helped someone? Because you say Black Sheep Boxing, it's it's a, at first it's you started it out with um, taking in people who have gone through some shit. Yes. Um, do you have any stories on how that's helped change any life, anybody, anyone's life specifically?
1: Absolutely. I'm not. And I, I'm not saying this to boast because I didn't do it. I believe that God did it through me. Because I remember when I talked to Sky, it was very clear cut. I remember looking at him. I said, "I have this very clear vision: twenty-four hour boxing facility, no house fees, don't charge people for training." And it was just so clear. And I, I started it. Christian Tanner was the first one, and he's actually one of the reasons why I launched everything. I applied what I learned in prison. I worked. We worked at recovery unplugged together. We lost eighty something pounds. Complete transfer, amazing. And then uh, it just. Snowball. I mean, it's just, I just, my, the quality of my life just, it elevated so fucking fast, bro. Like so fast. And uh, another amazing story um, is Hickman. Yep. I remember being in Colorado when he called. What's his story? He called me. He was in treatment. He was fucking broken. He's a pro fighter absolutely fucking broken and uh i said bro you're good we got you he came up i I paid and i'm not saying this for validation but these are factual statements and this is just an example of what we do for people and nobody knows this i didn't do this and go fucking tell anybody i paid half his fucking rent my own fucking money I developed a sober living uh, how, <clears throat> house with a buddy at the time, and I uh, created the garage into a boxing gym. And uh, it was the first combat sport sober living house in the in in the world that we knew of. And then, uh, that, and then but then he joined the gym. And he started training, and uh, he was coming off a loss, I believe, and then his. I think it's one or two fights he went out with. Just phenomenal Mm knockouts. Just killed it. And then he retired. And he's still sober today. Lou Severis, former heavyweight champion of the world. I helped him get sober two and a half half
2: years ago. Yeah, I remember when you called me we were like, I can't tell anybody, but... You gotta yeah. tell somebody. Do you, well, I don't work there now, so <laughs> yeah, he, so we can definitely yeah. talk about it. Finally, <laughs> this
1: guy he fought George Foreman, Mike Tyson. He knocked out James Busted Douglas in the first round in '98. And I'm sitting with this individual for three months, and this is why it's so hard for me to live the life I live today because I built an image on something that I was, and people can't. No, people don't want to accept the fact. People change and they can live a life and be managed when they're labeled an alcoholic. It's rare, but it is fucking possible. I don't recommend it for everybody. I went, there's a very specific way I went about testing the waters. Did I have a bad run? But Lou He he called me yesterday He is the most Sincere person In the world man And he's like A real live Rocky He owns Main Street Out in Houston Works with You know Crew Bob And all those cats uh, Derek Lewis And he is just Fucking I I mean People that struggle With severe mental health If they can overcome it They are some of the most Passionate Driven individuals I've ever met in my life. You got Josh, my buddy Heater. That he's the I and I mean he he won't get pissed off, but you know, he's the general manager of one of the biggest bars on in the domain. And uh he's sober and he works in the bar industry.
0: Um what do you think it is about combat sports? That helps make these people a better person.
1: Oh, that's easy. You know, I remember when Stephen Long asked me, he goes, Jeff, go ahead and give me a pitch. we were sitting at the detox in, in infinite recovery, and I was a tech at the time. He said, You wanna you wouldn't bring boxing to treatment? And I'm like, bro, we had this conversation last week. Like, of course. Like, you know <laughs> this shit. Like, what, what are you doing right now? He said, We just bought a we just bought a property in Liberty Hill. I was like Steven what are you saying he said I'm gonna give you this amount of square feet do what you want and um, I remember I had to come up with a pitch that night and uh, I, I I won't forget this because I thought I broke my fucking wrist because I was just anger punching a heavy bag and uh, if anybody struck anybody like try this out let's say sacred you're having just a really hard day bro really challenging day wrap your hands put gloves on and start punching heavy bag tempo work light work right like just pop pop pop, pop. You're not heavy
0: mm-hmm.
1: and then tell me what the fuck you were thinking
0: about when you got done you forget it
1: not just that people that struck, <clears throat> people that struggle with any type of mental health were in the past or in the future I'm focused on the finances. I'm thinking about that 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 girl. That's just, you know, whatever. I'm thinking about the job. I'm thinking about fucking. I gotta get my engine fixed. And I, I always hated whenever a counselor was like, "Take your shoe off and let's you rub your foot in the dirt." <laughs> I'm like, man, that shit don't fucking work for me. I'm just, I'm like rub my foot in the dirt, thinking about, damn man, I got bills and fucking Mike. Oh, my you're bad, my bad, out. bro. Yeah, I'm learning. Go, go ahead. No, you're
0: good.
1: <laughs> and right. uh but but th- that was the biggest thing for me. So I I got gotcha. you. Um we forced ourselves to live in the present, right? And it's the most natural way to ground yourself. I'm thinking about missing these punches. I'm thinking about where my head's going. Uh, I'm thinking about where my feet are going not getting hit. I'm not thinking about anything else. And then the second part is we have a chemical imbalance. And now we're balancing out a chemical imbalance a natural healthy way and forcing these chemicals to balance out through pharmaceuticals, right? Or a codependency or whatever that is. Brigham Bueller, Ways to Well, check him out. Amazing fucking dude. He just had some on Joe Rogan's and he will break it down pharmaceuticals absolutely i mean it's educational i highly recommend it and that was my pitch it's it's that simple the two biggest things we struggle with we can't we can't fucking ever live in the fucking present and uh, we have how are we going to balance out this chemical imbalance a very natural healthy way diet exercise
0: so you say, you say combat sports helps you learn to live in the present. How do you translate to life after you're done hitting the bags?
1: Therapy. Friends, processing shit, community within the gym, community. Mm. If you lay down with the fucking dogs, you get up with the fleas. What does that mean? If you hang out with shit people, you're going to become shit. You hang out with people that lie, steal. Let me say that again You hang out with people that lie Steal From people that bend over backwards for you It's You can only go so far Until your true colors show it, 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 it's, it's, you, it's like you uh, This is a little like you find your girlfriend Or your boyfriend downtown Most of the time you're going to lose them downtown they're just, it makes sense to me. And so I don't surround myself with anybody really. Because for me, if it's not Sky, you, maybe a couple other people, for some fucking reason, I have a target on my back. And I'm just, I mean, it's, I mean, it's, it's, it's shitty there's a lot that I've could have done better. But the thing is, is people forget what gratitude is. And, and, and they think that they, cause they express gratitude. Everything's okay. But gratitude's an action. It's, it's not a feeling. And that's where that, I think that's where that discontent is. And then resentments, of course. But, um, Again, what you what your question was, man. It's been a fucked up year. It's been a really fucked up year. Um, we're on the uphill of things, but I'll say one more time: it has been a fucked up year.
0: I know it. Sky knows it. <laughs> the audience has no idea, <laughs> but we 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 will get to that. Uh, right now, I, I do want to keep focused on yeah. you know the positive aspects of Black sheet Boxing. Um. So, and but we we will absolutely get to that. It's just whenever you bring it up, no one knows what y'all are talking
1: about. Yeah, no, nah, it, it's hard just because there's a lot of emotion. Yeah,
0: yeah I, and I know, I know that's on the forefront of your head. Um. And no, there's countless uh,
2: yeah, of yeah, countless,
0: countless positive
2: stories. I mean, they never end. The stories never end.
1: What's some of the stories that you remember?
2: Uh, well, let's rewind back to so. You know, we had our gym, we have our gym in Houston and basically got to a point, you know, COVID hit this and that. We had to start getting creative, figure out okay, what are we going to do? We just lost half our student body. We're not going to be able to continue like this. One of my black belts hit me up and it was uh, Wesley. Uh, he's a realtor and New Raffles. He was like, Hey, come out here. And, and there's a lot of opportunity. And I'm like, I'm not ready. I got to figure out this. How am I supposed to open up another spot? I got to figure out what I got going on right now. Went out to New Braunfels. While I'm there, uh, you know, I have this vision. I have like a, a, you know, cinematic vision. Kind of, I'm sure you have a similar, where you can just see it. you know, in mind. you're just like, okay, I can see it once we try and match that. So we show up at this place. I'm like, no, I know right through it. But I'm going to, you know, like I came out of here and I'm going to entertain it a little bit just so it's not like rude or anything. Mm-hmm. And I just like, but I'm in my mind like, nope, this is definitely not it. I, I don't see this. And so we're walking through, we're talking, and I'm like, "Yeah, this is not, that's not, you know, good." And then phone rings, Jeff call, "Yo, what's up? I'm doing what you know. I'm going to walk their potential new spot for Unity." Da, da, da. And he just his exact words, I remember it like it was yesterday. Fuck that, come to Austin and let's change the fight game. And he needs that, I you know. And before that, you know, I'd been gone out. And just, just spending time. I was like, dude, I just want to spend time with you. We're just we're fucking homies. And we're, you know, doing some boxing and just hanging out and, and going to the collectible shop and looking at shit. And just like, you know, it was like a flashback to back in time, you know, just like we're a kid skin, you know, and uh just training and whatnot. And he was like, I have a very vivid vision of, you know, there's a need. I mean, especially COVID and We have the noise saying, oh, no, this is a terrible time. Don't. This is the absolute worst time you could ever open up a gym. Don't do it. And I'm like, you know, just hold on. Let's just let that settle and let's get quiet. And, you know, if this is truly something that we need to do. And it was a gamble. It wasn't like, oh, yeah, let's do this this because for sure we're going to make money Mm -hmm. like that. We didn't even take a paycheck for till recently. We didn't get a loan. We didn't get it loan. We used our own money that we we okay. saved up and we had mm-hmm. and we threw it in and we're like, look, let's do this with the full intention of never did we think we were going to pay you. In. It was the intention of there's a need right now and we have to. What was the need? The need is the people. I mean, look at all the problems that came with COVID. People are in their homes, you know, just compressed mental health. Mental health it all really just comes out of that people overdosing. Jeff, tell me there's a need. The shit is skyrocketing like right now, and people are dying left and right, and nobody's talking about it.
0: You know, and I'm living. So, so, you guys initially started taking in people who are dealing with substance abuse, and this was a, almost like a therapy for them.
2: Mental health.
1: Mental health. No, 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 yeah, no. It was it was substance in abuse.
2: Yeah, definitely catered in the beginning. Yes, yeah, yes. So then it opened up to a broader spectrum of like what well, we're all well, from a uh,
1: business standpoint. Mm-hmm. We, I didn't, we, we didn't want people, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but we didn't want people to think, well, I don't struggle with mental health, so I can't train here. Mm. So we made it a program within the facility. Mm, You know what I mean? Just from a business standpoint, it's still, I mean, I, we scholarship two people a couple days ago, somebody came in yesterday, just got out of sober living. Like this is, we haven't skipped a beat, you know, Mm. and it's uh, but no, it started off in Ray's garage on South First Street called Warrior Boy Boxing, and it was specifically people with mental health and substance abuse. And when I worked at Recovery Unplugged, and then you know three garages
0: later and, and all that kind of jazz. Run run through that. I, I know you you yeah, yeah probably told the story a million times, but my audience hasn't heard it.
1: Okay, you yeah, no man, later. it's uh,
0: it's,
1: it's, I still don't understand how how it's happened. I look back, it's, 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 it's absolutely, I call it God, spirituality, but it's definitely something that was higher than, higher than myself. And within three, four weeks, HOA kicked us out of Ray's fucking house. And, you know, Ray's, you know, he's just met, you know, Mika.
0: Was and Ray the, the first garage you were training in? Yeah. Okay, I think that's so. the
1: first time we, no, that was, that was somebody, that was, uh, you know him, but, uh, D Kane. we didn't interview with him, but, uh, yeah, that was their first house and HOA immediately. Gotta go guys. And, uh, so we went to the field across the street, literally across the street. And they're like, "No, nope. <laughs> you gotta go. <laughs> um, then we went to Mintopolis rec center and, uh, I've got something cool to say. Hopefully if Ann is listening, Ann Wolf or Kirkland, James Kirkland is a good friend. I have Pops' stool. So if they're listening, contact me. They know what that means. Um, we went to Spantopolis Rec Center and uh, trained there for fucking eight months. And then they closed down completely. Mm-hmm. And uh, like they demolished the whole place. And Ann Wolf and James Kirkland—that's where they uh, started their entire career. And Pops was a very well-known uh, coach in the community, and he was Ann Wolf's coach before and uh, Kirkland's, and then Ann trained, you know. And then of course they went down their paths. And uh, I've been trying to get this because I don't deserve it. This this is the little red bar stool. That, uh, that James Kirkland and Wolf would sit on. And it's right now, it's in my house. And I've been saving it for the day that, you know, I, I messaged both of them. I even told Jane but, you know, you get hit in the head a lot, you know, it's sad, but um, it's just sitting there waiting for one of them to come pick it up. Um, they closed down. Then we went to a field, man. We went to fucking Zilker Park for like two months. That was horrible. I was absolutely just sucked um, because of the weather, the time of year, but people kept showing up. And then we went to Andrew Gleason's in Georgetown, and he does board and train dogs. (laughs) And uh, I was going to run out of his backyard, it was like all this dog shit everywhere. And I was (laughs) like, and he was like, bro, just take my garage. And I'm like, you don't want to do that. Like, you sure? He's like, yeah, take, take my garage. And, um, so I spent some money and, uh, I turned his garage into a full blown boxing studio. And then, uh, five months later, he's like, you gotta go. <laughs> he's like, this is too much, man. Um, was there then, too many people. Oh God. Yeah. I looked like a trap house, dude. I was, <laughs> it was dude. The H- HOA kicked me out.
0: Okay, so a bunch of HOAs have been kicking you well, out. I got one more HOA story. There is an in-depth, you know, YouTube video on our black sheet page. The of the office,
2: so check that out for a little side. <laughs> <it. laughs>
1: but the next individual, uh, Ryan Spencer. I talked to him today. Ryan Spencer is he's probably I mean, the thing is is whenever Andrew said I had to go, I thought that was it. I built this brand. I was like, nah, I'm gonna figure this out. And he's like, well, I know this director. He's a director of a treatment facility. And I'm like, fuck a director, man. I'm not trying to, you know, like, then I, then I meet Ryan. He's like, he's just some recovering addict. And he was cool as hell, man. I'll never forget it. And we got along so well. And he just said, he was, here's my garage. And then he found out how much money I was making. This is another garage. Another. This is in Flukerville.
0: Okay. Heather. So,
1: and then he found out how much money you were making. Yeah, yeah. And he up my up my rent, a hundred dollars a week, bastard.
0: <laughs>
1: but again, like I, I would have done the same thing. You know what I mean? I was I was I was a contractor for Infinite Recovery at the time, making really good money. Uh, I developed a boxing program for them, and then I'd come home and I train people one on one and you could ask sky like i just got out of prison not too long ago and uh, i was driving a 99 honda accord and uh, i had the bright idea to go <laughs> to go buy a a very expensive jet ski that was worth 10 more times than the car i was driving all because of david poku oh. <laughs> uh, i saw him on the yellow jet ski in the morning and i was saying i'm fucking depressed for no fucking reason bro my life is great i'm just like depressed and I see David. And he's got this big smile on his face. <laughs> and I call him and I'm talking to him. And, and I go in the safe and I look and I said, fuck it. I go to the Woods Fun Center, man. And uh, I bought a jet ski. I, I didn't even have a car to tow it off the lot. <laughs> I called my buddy Dan. He came and picked it up. And then I would just drove it to Lake Travis. I didn't know what I was doing. They're like, yeah, it's going to be $1,000 for the year for a hydro slip. And I'm like... I think it's it's getting kind of pricey. (laughs) And uh, I got it on the water and I will never forget. The first time I rode that, you will never see a depressed person on a jet ski. And uh, now we have two jet skis. And now we have two jet skis. And and the thing is, is I got so much shit for, why'd you buy a jet ski worth 10 more times in your car? And my answer every time was, have you ever seen a depressed person on a jet ski? Because I've seen a depressed person driving a 9900 Accord.
2: And then what else did you buy while you had the ninety nine Accord? I don't remember. Three times the press suit. So a boxing ring.
1: Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was laundering money for sure. And, and I didn't know it. I didn't know what I was doing. And I did it through.
0: Never mind. <laughs>
1: anyway, no, I because I, I, I had ca- everybody pay me cash, you know what I mean. And like, it, I, I'm a I'm young entrepreneur. Um, I just got my LLC, but prior to that, I was training people in a garage for two years, saving up every dollar, would never spend a dollar. Um, I saved up quite a bit of money, and I didn't know what to do with it. I called him, and I'm like, hey, what do you do with this shit? You know, like, how do you, how do you make it legit? And, uh, and anyway, so then I bought a boxing ring that was like 13, 14 grand. And, uh, Rob and Esther, they, uh, they were, they were kind enough to let me put the boxing ring in their gym where I paid a coaching fee of a hundred dollars a week, $400 a month for six months. And uh, it was cool though, because I was only there for four weeks and I got nominated as um, almost coach of the year. I came in second. And that's when I realized like, I was always so scared to move from garage to garage. I always thought that's it. Nobody's going to follow me or this is going to be the end of it. And I was like, I could do this because I got so much kickback from being a boxing coach because I didn't have a pro career. Hmm. and um, all positive stuff aside, and they, didn't, they didn't go fuck themselves. <laughs> but anyway, right. but it was motivating. It yeah. was motivating because, and, and I wanted to show people like, you don't have to go down a, this stereotypical, like, I got my GED in prison. You can get your college degree in prison. You don't have to fucking follow the crowd. You can create your own path in life. You can but you we go back to that why. If that why isn't powerful, then then the, the how, I can't tell you how to create your own path cuz you don't have a powerful why. It was I was relentless. And you know, things change.
0: How did you get from the the garages to finally opening up Black Sheep?
1: Um I was at Big Tech's Gym for about 6 months. And that's when I called him and I was like, dude, I'm ready. I had no fucking idea what I was doing. I still don't. And I don't give a damn. Mm -hmm. All I do is I do my best to take care of people. I do my best to fucking pay attention to the way people are feeling. And if they're, if they, if they're not enjoying working here, then how could I make their job better? Mm -hmm. And I'd stick to the basics. I don't need to sit there. I, the key to entrepreneurship, it's this is this simple, and I probably shouldn't say this, but I'm just gonna I'm gonna tell people because there's a, probably a lot of people out there that that want to go down this road but don't know how. So, what are you passionate about? Sacred.
0: I'm passionate about creating. Just creating things with video content, with with using the skills that I've acquired through video to create travel videos, inspirational. inspiration, inspirational videos. Talk about things that um, talk about the struggles that people are are having, and just you know, letting people know that they're not alone in those struggles. You know, I'm passionate about re- relating to people, passionate about doing this, having yes. conversations like this. Um, especially, uh, I mean, especially even with this podcast, um, I haven't had a guest that's been through the type of stuff that you've been through. And I think it's, it's really a, it's good to get that perspective. You know, you, you've, you've, I've seen, I, I've only seen part of your life. Sky's been there f- since you were eight. But you've gone through some shit.
1: You've been, there, you've been there probably longer than almost anybody in Austin, Texas, besides, I think, Scotty. I met Scotty a little before you mm-hmm. and David. You, Scotty, and David are the only people in my lives mm.
0: besides him that were way prior to all this. Mm. But I think this conversation is necessary because you, you do have a comeback story. You know? And... When you're down, as you went as far down as you can possibly go, some people sit there. For you, at some point, the only way was up. You know why? My enablers, they cut me off. Hmm. It's a clear cut. Your enablers cut you off.
1: My enablers cut me off. Your back's against the wall. Nobody's going to pat you on the back and tell you it's going to be okay. Can't go home. Ain't no food going to be there. Live on the street. Do something with your life. Enablers are the reason why people die and people don't want to talk about it. It's sad. Mom and dads, are the reason some most times why their son over keep overdoses on heroin and dies. It's it's some people can't hear it. You continue and it's not you're not supporting somebody by cooking them dinner when you know that you they just got done shooting dope. Mm. You sit down, you talk to him, you set a fucking boundary. Go get help, or you're not dying in my house. And that's, the thing is, is I would rather take that risk if I had a child than to sit there and pat them on the back until they died. Because this is a power of no choice, right? And now we're getting back into that.
0: You said enablers are the reason why people die when it not, comes to drug addiction. What about enablers in other aspects yeah, of life?
1: So th- not the reason. I mean, they, there's a bunch of key parts. Okay, I want to make that clear. But they play a very, very big reason. Because if you set a boundary with somebody and they cross that boundary and there's no accountability, then why stop? If I could burn the world down and go home and my mom's still gonna pat me on the back and act like, here's some food, babe, love ya. Why am I gonna stop? That why never becomes powerful. That's the thing when you're in, for me, I can only speak for me. When my enablers cut me off, I'm talking cut me off, that why became powerful and I was willing to do my mom was all I had and that's why this death is this past April you know, a lot of people I fucking I can't stand when people say uh, suck it up nobody's coming to save you or it's life mm-hmm. my mom was everything And when she died, it was, it fucked, it, it fucked me up mentally, extremely bad. And because of the way I was handling it and owning a business, everybody just seemed to just want to be involved. And that's fine. They made sure that they knew that I knew they were involved, you know, and then it just the enablers. And it's, it's like the, the, that, that piece when my mom's that, that one person that I loved more than life itself quit enabling me or and cut me off, I was willing to do whatever the fuck it took, whatever it took. And for me and for countless other men and women that I've known, it saved their life. And I remember whenever my mentor told me, he said, I called him. I was like, you're sober. And He hung up on me and I call him back. and I'm like, hey, sorry, man, we hung up. He goes, no, Jeff, congratulations for doing exactly what the fuck you should have been doing your whole life. And then he hung up on me. You know, it's like. Our brains, our, our brains get so twisted in this shit, man. And uh, then I tell him this all the time. Your mind's trying to kill you and make it look like an accident.
0: What do you mean by that?
1: Your mind is trying to kill you and make it look like an accident. You have people that enable you, but yet you want to quit. But yet you don't know how to quit. And it just everything starts blurring together. And then you're depressed. Why am I depressed? Why can't I hold a job? But I have a good work ethic. Now you're character assassinating yourself. And then you get high and then you're you fucking on this spiritual mountaintop. And it's just this roller coaster of, uh, it's, it's called, they call it like a vicious cycle. But I added a little extra to it. So, um, but that's what it is. It's like you get, you start blurring all these and it's real simple. You simplify everything. And Amblers cuts you off. Find a powerful why. How it becomes easy. Entrepreneurship is you find something you're passionate about, which for me, it was combat sports. I went and found a very successful gym that had a perfect business model. So I didn't need to create a business model. I went and found it. I learned how it ticked, I learned the systems, I learned uh, the staff hours, I learned everything. I pulled that business model, I attached my image. Black Sheep Boxing, my colors, our colors, and then I attach a purpose to it. Mm -hmm. That is entrepreneurship. That is how easy it is to create a company. But if you don't have a purpose, I, again, personal opinions, if you don't have a purpose attached to your passion, yeah, I just just don't see it working. You want to make it long term. Well, because you're financially driven.
0: I agree with that 100%. I know you said, you're you saying it's just you, but I, I think it's true in most cases. Yeah. You know, even in my case, the reason I started doing video is because from a very young age, I knew I didn't want to work for someone. Fuck that. And I would always ask myself the question, if time or money were no object, what would I spend my time doing? What am I passionate about? What would I do for free? And as a, even as a kid, I, I thought, you know what? I would love to shoot video for a living, but I don't think it, it could pay enough. You know, I wanna, I wanna make more money. So I always put on the back burner, but <laughs> eventually I circled back. Time or money weren't an option. What do I spend my time doing? And it was video. You, you met me when I had the party bus company. you damn right I did. That wasn't my passion. I embarrassed the shit out of myself. <laughs> that wasn't my passion. Yeah. So after doing that for seven years, I switched to video and everything in my life changed because I was passionate about that.
1: Mm-hmm. You were an entrepreneur, a young age.
0: Yeah. You're Vincent, right? Oh uh, yeah, Vinny. Vinny. Vinny, Vinny. Yeah, it is Vincent. But yeah, Vinny. Oh no shit. Mm-hmm. It is Vincent. But I remember that, and it, it's
1: entrepreneurs just have a different mindset.
0: And we also have we also have the ability to delay gratification.
1: I don't. I'm learning. I'm struggling with that. Like,
0: wait, hold yeah. on. Let me sure delay gratification. It's like the Have you heard of the, uh, the What is it? The marshmallow test. I have with, not so there's there was um, that basically I don't even remember who did it, but they put a kid in a room and <laughs> they came up. <laughs> sorry, sorry, I just my bad. <laughs> oh, they put a kid in a room, like ah oh, fuck. They, 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 so they did this test on a on a bunch of kids. So put them in a room and they bring them a marshmallow. They put it on the desk and they said, "Hey, if if you don't." Touch this marshmallow. I, I got to go take a call real quick. When I come back, I'll give you another marshmallow. 80% of the kids, by the time that that person came back, ate the marshmallow. The 20% that were able to hold off from eating the marshmallow, so knowing that they're going to get a second one, those kids end up being entrepreneurs, making better grades in school. I see. Uh, just doing, uh, having better relationships. Entrepreneurs have the ability to delay gratification. Whether you see it in yourself or not, yeah. you have that ability because you've, you've. it didn't, black Sheep boxing didn't happen in a night. <laughs> no, it didn't. It happened in a couple of years. In four garages and nine heart attacks. <laughs> and whether three. you did it on purpose or not, it found you. I just cared. The purpose. Yeah. Purpose driven.
1: And it's really interesting you say that because delayed gratification and instant validation. That's what I struggle with. I have no fucking problem admitting where I fall short in life. Mm -hmm. None. Validation changes the way I feel. And it's been a constant battle ever since I was a kid. Mm. I remember playing Zelda, an RPG game, for the first time ever. I got a Link tattoo on the leg. And it changed the way I feel. It fixed Jeff. And then it transitioned into other things. Codependency, um, fighting, alcoholism. And what combat sports did for me, I wanted the world to be able to experience that. Because if we could help one fucking person, just one, then all this was worth it. And not coming from a place of boasting or or egoism or egotism, we have helped fucking hundreds. And I say that with confidence because I know who they are, Sky knows who they are, and uh, we don't seek validation for it. Sometimes it naturally comes up, and it it'd be like, "Oh, Jeff, you're doing amazing!" And then the first, yes, the first thing I say, I say, "I am not doing it. My coaches are." Mm-hmm. I always redirect them, always, and that's I, I make sure of it. And uh, because it takes a collaboration, a team of people that care in order to make such a ripple effect mm. to where it could, it could literally change fucking the lower 48. And then think about it. it change the world, yeah. I mean, it's fucking crazy, far, especially this day and age. But it is possible.
0: I, I truly think it is. I mean, the way to change the world is one person I mean, it's at fuck, a time. It's fucking crazy. One fuck person me. at a time. I'm going to read a Muhammad Ali quote. Mm, uh, can I say it? All right, let me guess.
1: Go ahead. Service to others is the rent that you pay for your room here on earth.
0: That's on your website. Why is it there? It's. It reminds me in the Sky
1: every day why we do this. And I'm telling you, without him, without him reminding me, Jeff, we're here for service. We're here for service. I, it just, it just fucking makes sense, man.
2: And it's a reminder that it's never done every day. Clean slate, and it's, you know it's a burden, but at the same time, I mean the. You know, that's what fuels at the same time. It just keeps the gears turning. It fuels you to keep going right when you're at the end and you're just like, I mean, I've been teaching for 20 plus years, you know, and right when every time it seems to get to that point where I'm just like, I got nothing left. Teaching more. Uh, martial arts from Taekwondo to, you know, kickboxing. Those are my specialties and really diving in as a, as a jujitsu practitioner and judo, Krav my god that went down the rabbit hole, the Scream of Kali, the Filipino martial arts, the stick and knife fighting and, uh, you know, just anything and everything. You know, I'm, I'm so ADD that it has to, I have to keep it interesting and I and, uh, keep changing it up to, you know, keep my interest because, you know, once I max out on Taekwondo and I was like, okay, I feel like, you know, I'm training for these world-level championships and it just got to where it was like, okay, and they get a little burnt out and that's when jiu-jitsu was presented to me. That was about 11, 12 years ago and jujitsu played a big role in giving me that spark that reignition, that fire to continue uh, training martial arts and reminding me that I'm going to do this forever mm-hmm. you know because when I started fighting as a taekwondo uh, martial artist I was like when we got the gear and started fighting I was like oh this is it because I used to get in trouble in school for fighting and it wasn't anything personal I don't ever like try and seek that shit but it was more of a fun you know type of uh this is what we do, right? <laughs> you know, training my whole life in martial arts. Fast forward to here and now, you know, Black Sheep, Unity in Houston. Um, the purpose remains the same. For the reasons that I stuck with it over the years, for the reasons that I feel like I need to contribute back, mm-hmm. or, you know, the instructors that it instilled into me. You know, and save my life. You know, I didn't know martial arts was going to me in the way it did. You know, I thought it was going to be beating bad guys. And like for my first impression was WWE. Well, it was WCW and uh, WWF back in the day. And it was the rest. I was like, Oh shit. That's the coolest thing ever. And that was what like grabbed my attention. And then when I started getting involved and I was like, Oh yeah, I'm going to just, I'm going to fight bad guys. And you know, as a kid, you know, thinking this and that, but it's, you don't realize what it's actually going to help you with. Um, the mental. You know side of it the spiritual the physical and it all is intercepting and and intertwined two at the same time um so fast forward to where we're at now i just can't help but feel that that urge that desire to share that to others you know and to any way i can through the filming and that's where it's been really cool because my biological father is where i get all the extreme sports the filming the production the photography like he really embedded that in me. That was him. That was my blood dad. People, A lot of people don't know, but it was my stepdad that actually introduced me to the martial arts when I was nine. And um, then now looking forward in life, 20 something years later, I'm 35 now. So do the math. They've grown and intersected. That's where MFC was a really big opportunity to really put that on display mm-hmm. on a full level of the lighting, the camera crews, the photo, you know, everything. And, uh, it was just, it was a beautiful thing, you know, um, just to see that and to see it all intersect. And I've really been driven to this point in my life where, uh, you know, not to this, this is podcast about me or anything, but I, yeah, you know, I feel like it's a big part of black sheep and where it's come. Um, uh, but it has, you know, full circle been an opportunity. And I mean, Jeff has been, one of my biggest fans as far as my film work, because, you know, being, I mean, you know, firsthand being a content creator and being an entrepreneur, you're your own worst enemy. I mean, you're like, you know, we just get so we're perfectionist and it's got to be perfect. It can't be anything wrong. And sometimes a lot of stuff never ends up releasing because of that mentality. And you just almost have to be like, you know what? And Jeff has stepped in. No, you that looks great. Like, put that out there. The people need to see it. And I'm like, no, I still need something to miss something. Boom! we put it out and it's like it gets just the best response you know uh so i definitely
0: you know i'm grateful for that you always need someone like that in your life oh Uh, i tell people you're hiring him i am like you're hiring i mean i would have got the opportunity to to film
2: for marshmallow f1 chain smokers you know these big gigs that we got without you know jeff being like no this is the guy fight flicks we can keep going yeah, <laughs> and it all started with rollerblading back in the day running the streets and i had the camera in hand, you know and it's just what it was are,
0: are you saying jeff is the guy who pushed you to release things that you were just going to keep on the shelf
2: yes a lot of that and just things that uh weren't going to get finished because it was like no no it needs more work it needs more polishing and it would have never ended. Been- you know, because in my mind, I'm like, no, 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 it needs this, it needs that. And uh, having a second pair of eyes and
1: yeah. James, yeah. Lou, I yeah. mean, it's like, they, we make such a great team. It's fucking, like, I, I'd marry him if I was a woman.
0: <laughs> I, I know of so many talented video content creators that, you know, they, they make videos for other people, but they also make their own passion projects or just people in general with talents. Yeah, no. And because of that perfectionist mindset, no one knows how talented they are. They're so afraid to expose themselves to the world. Mm-hmm. The reason why I've been able to build my platforms the way I have is I said, fuck that. Hmm. I don't care if something's nothing. You're going to be your worst critic mm-hmm. at all times. Once I realized that, and just start putting out shit to the world, mm-hmm. everything exploded. You know what I'm saying? It's it's not. It doesn't have to be perfect. Yeah. No. And that's that's the reason why I'm able to put out. I don't know. I've put out like thousands of videos, man. So, but everyone needs someone like Jeff in their life to be like, hey, no, you are good at this shit. Put it out. Put it out. Put it out. You know what I'm saying?
1: Was, I'm the biggest cheerleader.
0: Yeah. And uh, I. To, I'm like, if you
1: don't hire him, I'm never talking to you again.
2: <laughs> I've said it. I've you're said not it before. Muscle,
1: muscle, come in. <laughs> it's not not yeah. even muscle. It's just no, like no, no, it's just, you know. It's the thing is is it's it's really cool that you said that because one of my mentors told me I used to uh, you know doing my own social media marketing in the yeah. beginning stages. You're gonna make another post tomorrow. Yeah. you, you it's bro like shut the fuck. I can't, I can't. I can't talk about that. Yeah, I mean, yeah. bro, you've already been yeah, talking. Yeah, about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't. You can't ask now. So if, <laughs> I was so
0: like, if I haven't already club, said something,
1: and like, you're gonna make another post tomorrow, right? So you might not get the feedback that you want, but it, it's it's never ending. So if you obsess about this one now, yeah, like in in two weeks, you're gonna fucking not even remember. Let it go. Post yeah. it. And like that's when people are like you got to post it this time is this time is this time. There is some a little bit of science behind it, but mm-hmm. fuck that. You got something you got on your heart. You got, you got something that 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 could inspire somebody. I'm not going to wait 48 hours. Somebody might need to see that shit right now. Yeah, yep. I'll make another fucking post tomorrow. You know, and and that's what I personally think. Like what y'all do. Fuck that. <laughs> I can't, I can't you do it. Low. Yeah. yeah low. It's, it's, it, it. but it's mentally it's, if you, if you don't know how, to, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah. If you don't know how to control or direct your fucks accordingly,
0: direct your fucks accordingly. Yes. If go you ahead. don't
1: know how to direct your fucks accordingly, it will consume you and you're tapped out mentally.
0: Wait, go ahead. Explain what you mean by Direct your fucks accordingly. What do you, if, give you don't, fuck, if you don't know how to. What do you give a fuck about? Mm-hmm.
1: I need to direct what I give a fuck about. Mm-hmm. Right now, I give a fuck about four things. I give a fuck about making a living amends to my mother and being a good man and changing habits. I give a fuck about being a good boss and improving I give a fuck about this one person that's in my life. I give a fuck about my dog and my relationships. That's it. Everybody else could fuck off the most kindly. No, I'm not saying. <laughs> sorry, sorry. <laughs> no, the thing is, is is everybody else could have their own journey. And I just don't, I. it's none of my business what they think about me. And I'm just going to keep working hard no matter what. I'm not going to character assassinate them. I'm not going to go down no road because there's work to be done. Mm -hmm. And there's people to help and uh, call it what you want. But,
0: you know. Do you ever take time to reflect on how far you've come? No. that
2: comes to my mind just right then there is that you know a lot of people think wow but they just i mean we hear it every day oh you are doing this and that and, da, da, da. and all i can think is like i'm bill you know i'm not doing enough you know and i know that's your the same conversation and that's why it's like it's kind of dangerous getting us together sometimes because like we need, no, we need to catch up we need to catch up and then it's like so i go I don't know. Or like my wife. Your wife. And I was she, gonna say, like, no, you go into clouds and we're like, no, we gotta do this. I mean, we bought a car randomly because oh, fuck. It, and she, we forgot to tell her. Because she runs all the <laughs> books and everything. Yeah, we bought a car. So she's telling us let's
0: go back and do the story. Tell the story. Yeah. Right, so
1: <laughs> we yeah. had I'm at James's shop, my buddy, James Barbie Barbie, ba- mufflers. Barbie mufflers, check him out, uh, West Branch. And I'm just like, let's buy a car. Fuck it. Let's buy it for the community, and we our brains just started flowing. They're like, "Bro, if we buy a car for our coaches in the community, no matter who you are, if you're a member,
2: you get a 2017 Kia." We do the first thing my wife sees on Instagram. She doesn't get on very often, and um, she's like, man. "What in the <laughs> world?" We're like, "Car, like, like the car salesman up there, like guys, we got a car for the community, and the reason we did because there were a lot of our coaches were dealing yeah. with different mechanical issues, and this and that, and that and that." And that. And we're like,
1: there's a need there. We had uh, we had Warren Cade and a couple other people that were struggling really bad with cars. And we're like, well, let's get a car so they could use. Um and then there's also perks, like, you know, build our credit, you know what I mean? Like, and as shit backfired like a motherfucker, bro. <laughs> Holy shit. uh I really but need to borrow that car. Dude, yeah, yeah. Actually. But it, it backfired for a short period of time. And that car has helped. <clears throat> A lot of fucking people, man. A lot. We've had, I got somebody now driving from Gerald and back every day and it's provided him a way to work and get back on his feet. Mm. And uh, the cool thing is, is the first time I drove it, I parked it at HEB. I can't find it. It blends in with every other fucking vehicle. It's a 17 Kia. So I called James and James goes, I've got these ridiculous 17 inch red rims. I'm like, we'll take them.
2: Yeah, let's throw them on there so we can know where the hell our car is. <laughs> and now, like, bro, you could see it 100 miles away. I've gotten so many compliments, to it, so funny. Every I'm same. like, dude, those rims. I'm like, are you making fun of me right yeah. now? Or like, are you serious?
1: <laughs> but it's really cool, man. And But yeah, you get us together, and we'll end up in Mexico. Or we'll
0: buy a car for the community. I love that. Uh, whenever I ask the question... Do you ever take time to reflect on how far you've come? You said no. Yeah. Why?
1: Guilt, shame. feel like I don't deserve it a lot.
0: So I just ignore it. That's just clear To this day. I can get. To this day. Mm-hmm. Do, do you feel like that is. Well, because for one, I'm not in recovery anymore.
1: Uh, that, that's the big elephant in the fucking room.
0: Say that, say that again.
1: I'm not in recovery anymore. And the thing is, is I found something that works for me. And I built a life on an image. And that does not mean I don't live by spiritual principles. That does not mean that I am a bad person. That does not mean that I'm this monster. And I care about what people think about me. I try my hardest not to. I fucking care and when you hear the things people say about you and you just have to shut the fuck up because the position you're in I could be petty I could do this I could do that that's why it's hard for me to reflect because even though you know their lies you start to think, is it true? And again, my mind's trying to kill me and make it look like an accident. Mental fucking
0: health. When you said you're not recovering anymore, what do you mean by that? I'm not like sober. Okay. Like I've found something that works for me.
1: When was the last time you saw me drunk? Mexico. Mexico. (laughs) What, no, what? yeah, yeah, that that was like my first that was I was like five years sober. And then, but but the thing is, I'm talking like drunk, yeah, yeah. like how I used to be. What did you, no, I have? No. What did you find that works for you? You want honestly, yeah. I microdosed mushrooms two days on, one day off for 90 days, and I did two cycles. And I did it monitored. Um, Aztec mushrooms specifically. Because I didn't want to live in fear anymore. I used to live in this fear that, oh my God, if I fucking, if I drive down, bro, that's no way to live. You, now, you were some, fearful of, of relapsing or dr- no, drinking no, in general? What, if what? I take one sip, my life is gone. Hmm. If I take one sip, I'm losing everything. If I take one sip, I'm going to die. I do have three DWIs. You know, I, I did get in a lot of fights that were alcohol induced. Absolutely. I had a Jeff problem and the alcohol was my solution. I did a lot of work on myself, a lot. And the thing is, is this isn't for anybody else to understand, it's not, it's not about them. This is about me and my life. And the thing is, is what works for me sacred, it it might not work for you. Mm. And you have to understand something I don't recommend trying this if you're a fucking heroin addict. I don't recommend, you can do whatever you want, man, but you need to get with somebody that's going to guide and direct you. This is not self-medicate. Your motives have to be in the right direction going into it. If your motives are saying, I'm taking this to change the way I feel, that's a red flag. Now, if you're waking up, taking it like a vitamin, you go train. It, it, it's, it's just it's it works for some people and it works and, and some people it doesn't work for. And for example, like ayahuasca, won't try it. I had I had some good friends, uh, my buddy Philip, Philip Forbes, man, He's such an amazing fucking person. He was like, Yeah, we're gonna send you here and there and 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 uh, do ayahuasca. And I'm like, No, too many demons. It scares the piss out of me, bro. It really does. And what it does is you have these highways in your brain when you're born, and they hit target certain parts of the brain. They don't move. They're cemented highways. By microdosing Aztec mushrooms, specifically for me, these aren't psychic, you don't get hallucinate, you slowly start rerouting these fucking pathways. And you start hitting parts of the brain that you've never accessed before. Mm. And by doing that now with therapy, now with accountability, now with a positive, healthy lifestyle, you know this, bro. Diet and exercise and just basic fucking like self-affirmations could cure like 80% of the shit that's wrong with you, bro.
0: 100%.
1: And nobody wants to talk about it. It works for me. I go out. I have a fucking drink and I go home. Nine, 10 years ago,
0: bro. You're not going home until you black out? No, I'm not going home, period.
1: <laughs> I mean, you know, it, but, but that's the thing. And that's what I love about this. But it's it's not my place. I get people to come up to me all the time that struggle with drug addiction. Mm-hmm. And I am there for them. And I direct them to a man that could take them to the steps. I do not give away something I don't have, but I work with men with mental health because I understand that. And the outside world, they don't know that and they don't need to. And they're entitled to their own opinions.
0: You said you understand mental health. What's, What's mental health mean to you?
1: It's situational. It's situational, man, just like combat sports. You can't compare anybody's mental health to another person's mental health. Their reality is not your reality. The way they, their anxiety, they could be confusing anxiety with excitement. You just never fucking know. The only way that I could even start to answer that question, sacred, is I have a conversation with that person. My mental health is isolation. And it's borderline self-pity. But the self-pity isn't, is it's not a showcase to the world. I don't fucking hang out with anybody except for Sky and maybe a couple other people. I don't talk to anybody unless it's business. When there becomes a financial arrangement between you and some of your best friends or just good friends, over time, no matter what, somebody's perception is going to change.
0: Yeah.
1: And they're going to start distancing themselves. And if you're sensitive like me, I want to fix it. I'm, I'm a fixer, you know? It's like, why? like, And then I tried too hard. And now they capitalize on that or whatnot. It's a snowball effect. Yeah. And then you just find yourself sitting, sitting at home materialistic shit don't mean nothing, bro. Mm. You know? and and But I have a core group of people that love and care about me that will fucking go to the end of the world for me. And I finally realized that. That that's all that matters. You know? And to me, that's mental health because it's fucking long. I'm not at the top. But when mom dies and you got somebody that's calling you and asking you how you're doing, and then five minutes later going into a group chat and saying something so foul about her, you just can't fathom it. And that's mental health to me. And now then I... And then I have to pull myself out. Not Sky. He helps. Other people help, but it's my job. And then now I'm out of spiritual warfare all over again. But I'm not drowning myself in a bottle of Jack. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I'm not fucking doing a bunch. I mean, I don't, I love my life. But the one thing I wish I could change is the way I would, the way I shouldn't have took my mom's advice. And that's the only time I'll ever say that.
0: In what way shouldn't you have taken your mom's advice? Because my mom told me, my mom was a director of med-surg at North Austin Medical Center.
1: She won this award called the Studer's Award. It was issued out one out of 500,000 people. She got flown to Chicago. She gave a speech on the news. She was the number one director in the country. And I got a lot of my attributes from her and she would have that approach where she'd go up to people, you know, I told you in the hospital or whatnot and say, how do you like working here? They say two, three, okay, well, how can I make it a 10? She would always think about other people. She, she, she didn't date nothing. She dedicated her life to, to, to service. And I took that approach into the combat sport industry. Bad fucking idea. <laughs> Why? Because people take advantage of you. There's ego. And I will tell you this. this I might get some kickback from this, but but this is the way I feel. MMA and boxing is a sport. It's not a mixed martial arts. It's not. Jiu-jitsu, Muay Thai, Taekwondo, you grow up on the mats. There's level of respect. You bow. There's this traditions. Mm-hmm. MMA and boxing, it's who's gonna kill who first. Mm. And I took that approach with them. Hey, can I get you? I pay for all my coaches' equipment. Get them a car. I just, I just did. I just wanted to just fucking just to. I wanted to give them the best platform possible to be successful.
0: And it backfired. How did they take advantage? You want to do this? <laughs> let's dance. Uh, let's. At the end of the day, this whole podcast—I know you've been hinting at at this. Fuck it. People want to know. How did they take advantage of you? Well,
1: uh, it's uh, mainly us. How they took advantage of the facility and uh, the owners. And who's they? Um, I'm not going to say names. It's just people that worked for you. Um, a couple of them did. I'm not going to say any names out of respect for the gym that they train at. Uh, Um, you, you can't steal. And, uh, the thing is, is, you know, one good thing is like, these are factual statements I know for a fact, one of them I thought was one of my closest friends. I talked to him every day every day he knew everything about it. I told him when I was struggling, we talked, and you when you're when you're in a place of leadership and you're directing people, you can't steal um, so. I'm just going to dive into it, you know, and, and these are facts, you know, so we had to let one of our front desk staff go. Um, and we let him use uh, the work phone. And it was interesting that day I paid out of my own pocket to fix his personal phone, his screen. Mm-hmm. So he was using the work phone and, um, uh, he got fired just, you know, just. He just was a great dude, wasn't really just a good fit. Um, so Allison went, went to go pick up the company phone. Uh, and she's in Canyon Lake, I believe, at the time. And she's bing, 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 bing. bing mm-hmm. so crazy. She ends up coming home, and she comes home, and she's got tears in her eyes. She looks at me. Jeff, I don't know if you want to read
2: At this point, I'm like, yeah.
1: You know what I mean? After that. That was probably the most gut-wrenching. It hurt. It really fucking did. And it hurt in a way, like, like in the penitentiary, you have so many different types of patients. Right? Their motto is hurry up and wait. Yeah. This, this type of hurt was something I've never felt before. Especially whenever they meet certain individuals will, I guess, just gas you up and just act like a different person in front of your face. And but they're sincere.
0: What is it that she didn't want you to read?
1: What they're saying about me and what they're saying about my mother had just died. And the fact that they were stealing out of the pro shop. They were making fun of my other coaches. Not my other coaches, sorry. They were making fun of other coaches. They were making, um, I wouldn't say racial,
0: but very fucking close. No, it was racial. Yeah, I was about to say it was probably racial.
1: <laughs> they were one of my pad holders. Uh, making jokes about, um, flamboyancy. Yay. And I would never forget pulling pictures and videos. And this is all personal. This isn't why they got terminated. And all these are facts. We have printouts and I've never aired anything out, man. And, and for a reason, because Still to this day, these individuals, they are still fabricating lies. I, I still have not Came out and said, no, this isn't it. I, I, I had the respect to call the gym owner. And I'm not going to say his name or the gym in the train at. And I told him, what was, I was, I'm going on a podcast soon, man, and I just want to give you the respect. And, and, and I, I want to inform you. And I didn't even tell him what they did. Because it's not my job to play God. And I truly try to do this the right way. So let me poke, let me poke, let you poke, let you me poke, you poke, you poke, you poke. Your back's against the wall. And the two of them showed up at my house at 3 a.m., drunk. And I wasn't there. Why? Wow. For one, they're very fortunate. Very fortunate, and we made—I made amends to a couple of them. And I truly believe some of them, not all of them, some of them have really good hearts, but they become a product of their environment. Again, you lay down with the dogs, you get fleas. You hang out with people that lack—no, just lack integrity. But they just have no remorse for anybody that's just thriving to be better. It's none, just no, no respect. But yet you still ask for things. You want a raise? Or you want, you're asking for a raise. But yet you just literally character assassinated this individual. You drove the car to the ground. We even fucking burgers under it. We bought you a car so you could drive to Colorado to go train. We pay for your gas. We bring you sponsors. And most of all, there's no house fees at my gym, at our gym. Sorry. No house fees. You know what that means? You, you, you charge a client 60 bucks, you take home $60. After that team had discounts and didn't even pay. I just couldn't wrap my head around it. I, I honestly couldn't. Personal vendetta against me, personal resentment. Maybe it's because of me. Braxton is a very good friend of mine. We went to the UFC. Nobody thought I deserved it. Why? If you to tell us, tell the viewers who Braxton is. Braxton is an is an individual that came up by himself. Mom died a while back, and he took a five-year hiatus. He came back and he's knocked out five out of six people in the first round—brutal fucking knockouts. He made it to the UFC. He called me last minute. He said, "Jeff, will you please come oversee this camp because the coaches at the time, again, not the same names—they, they, they wanted a good shit. Their approach they just—they want want a good shit." So by the time we got back, me and Branson, we bumped heads multiple fucking times. We've all been on the spot. That's my brother. You know what I mean? He was at the, he was at, he was at the gym last night like, and he got his family. And that just was ice on the cake for me because you know what? They're the reason why they never reach their full potential. Not me. And. The thing is, is when you get together with a bunch of people, hurt people hurt people. And it just, what hurt me the most was I don't really have it. I don't, want, I don't have that. I'm not any friends. I have acquaintances and I'm not okay with that though, centered. Like I am okay with fucking being alone. Do I work? Do I struggle in areas? Absolutely. But you get asked guy. I cannot piss in the morning without the room knowing I'm dehydrated. Can't do it. I have uh I have an individual that said uh for another example works with the kids. Say he got arrested for child support. No, they're assault violence, family violence, by stimulation. Still, still to this day, nobody knows. I have that's the thing, is that as an owner, I went about things the right way. Let them run their mouths. Let them do what they have to do. But the thing is, is I know some of them are good
0: people. Well, you said that someone you, you didn't really finish that that sentence. So someone that was working for you yeah. got a they did they tell you that they got arrested for uh, no, no, I rare re- read his rare saying dumbest charges. Okay, Okay, and then he. Okay, so he told you one thing, and that, and basically you found out he was lying. He also manipulated sponsors. And he also started sleeping with one of the sponsors
1: that I got him was his girlfriend. And completely, everything's my fault. Direct attention on the back guy. Because nobody can take accountability for themselves. I'll tell you what I fall short. Granted, I feel better you holding me accountable than you giving me an affirmation. I'm crawling in my skin when you tell me I'm doing a good job. And it's, and it just spread like wildfire. So we canceled and banned the entire team. And that led into something else catastrophic that we're not going to get into. That's a whole nother. Melee fighting championship. Boom. And, uh, in due time, but at the end of the day, man, like, again, I'm going to say this. I believe some have really good arts. I've, uh, I've made amends to uh, two of them. And the thing is, is even if they came to me to, to this day and said, Jeff, I've been, I need to put some train. We'll say yes. And that's what, that's why I'm different. That's what separates us. And that's why I'm in the position I'm in in life. And that's why they're in the position they're in And to me, it's that fucking black and white.
0: I'll
1: take that to my fucking grave. I, you have to take your lip. You have to. I have done it a million times. I did stuff that I regret. I did a lot of stuff I regret
2: growing up, but I will not fucking deny it. And I can attest to that because we have been in a recent situation where coaches have been poached from our gym Mm -hmm. that we have really built just the utmost platform and, opportunity for them to grow and spread their wings and fly and all that good stuff and there's been a lot of you know emotions that have flying but still even past all that you know i still the same things come out of your mouth my mouth and we check each other Mm -hmm. sometimes i get emotional and i'm just like i just don't understand you know because you still understand it's almost like a death in a family you know when somebody that you feel like so close to like, you know, one of our you know, coaches that we've invested in, we felt like we had this bond and then it's almost like a death because death is something we can't. It's hard to really wrap our head around and perceive uh, because I, I mean, just from my own beliefs, I feel like God created us to live forever and then shit happened. And so, you know, we can't really comprehend death. You know, you try to think about it, you try to think about death or eternity, and you just can't really comprehend so it's kind of weird that that ties in with it. But when somebody does that, and oh, and at the end of the day, we go back to the same thing. We will absolutely allow the, I mean, Jeff was like, with all that said, if they were to ask if they needed a place and they were, you know, out in the cold and needed a place to train somebody, absolutely. We're not going to say no. Like at the end of the day, we're never going to say no. I want to say no, yeah. but I know it's not in me.
1: Because I know my mom would want me to not be the bigger person because I don't want to say I'm better than them because I've made mistakes, not, not as similar. I've never, I've never said some of those, some of those things, but I have made mistakes that they have been catastrophic. And that's why I hey, hate what people say. Well, I'm going to pray for you. You're mm-hmm. subconsciously putting yourself above somebody. But a lot of people don't understand that. So. The thing is is if you can't man up and just own your mistakes or better yet, quit spreading rumors. Own it I fucked up. Move move on, make it wins. And then get some freedom or keep running
0: your fucking mouth.
1: And then i let
0: God do what God does. And I mean. It. I know you said you have a mindset. If some of these people needed a place to train, you wouldn't be able to help but say yes. Would that not be enabling them? Well, it depends. Probably not. community would probably kick them out.
1: We ask it. Then I'd probably, that's ask form of manipulation. But no, I, I don't know. It's, a, it's situational. It depends on their approach. It depends on how they what they want it depends on where their head's at. Like, that's the thing is these, some of these questions and, and with combat sports is like, like, unless you know who you're fighting, do you have a game plan? Everything is situational. And that's what makes a good coach a good coach. Understanding what makes your fighter tick. Understanding situations. Understanding what's uncomfortable for your fighter and understanding where he is comfortable. He's, he's, he's going to be comfortable if he's fighting, you know, somewhere that's twice his fucking height. He, he's going to need discomfort where he used to be comfortable. And you have to understand that. I can't answer that, but self can't see self. So that I do know I enable people all the fucking time and I don't catch it in real time, but I have. I don't do it much anymore. I do a daily reprie- reprieve at night. You get to me every morning, and when the kids are, everybody's got to stop. I, I meditate, and I make the kids meditate with me. Everybody in the house has to be quiet. If not, your joy will look up. Same thing at night. I sit and I come through my day, and I I ask myself, Do I owe an apology? Where have I lied? Have I manipulated? You know, and sometimes like, oh shit. Uh, I should probably to that person. I'm a human being and I want to be better. That's it. That's me though. And the thing is is in the nicest way, fuck. But I will be there for them if they have the right approach. I can't have an approach with them. You know what I mean? Like I can't approach them because If you ask them, what did Jet do to you? I think I heard one thing, seeing my new saying something about, well, you said that we weren't going to pay a house fee. Nobody's ever paid a house fee. Nobody. Nobody. We made sure of that. We opened up a gym to give coaches the platform for it to be their number one source of income. And I know three coaches that came to me and I told them, this is what we're going to do. One stopped moving for the moving company, the other one stopped working for the mental hospital, and the other one was already pretty well established. And within six months, every single one of my coaches is a primary source of income is coaching. Mm-hmm. We pay our coaches well. We take care of our coaches, and uh, I think that some of them are pissed off because they got
0: they got passed up. By somebody that doesn't have a pro fight career. Go go deeper into that. What do you mean? I come from a garage. I've never even had the amateur fight. Oh, so you're saying they're jealous of you?
1: I don't know if jealous is the right yeah. word. Yeah. I think just resentment. I don't think they're jealous because I know I know the individuals. I don't think they're jealous. Jealousy is more of a childish term to me, and they're not childish. I may be a little petty, but we all are at times. You know what I mean? When we, but no, I think that there's something internally that they are just fucking pissed off, and they feel like they're building somebody else's dream. Whoa. and but guess what? I put in fucking work. I put in the work for fucking years. I put in more work than most of them combined. The hours I would put in in one week, it would put in in three weeks. That's why Max is such a good fucking coach. Because he's 27 years old. He's in the gym every day, eight hours a day. He's retaining more information than somebody that coaches three times a week. He's a math. I had time to study in prison. I had more. I, I I put in more hours. So therefore... I reach my goals faster. But they don't know that. They just see some guy that's chasing cloud and that's doing this and doing that. All of saying he doesn't ever be in the UFC and this and that and this and that. Sorry, and fuck you. Fuck off. But I will always be there for him if they need something. And I'm always willing to make amends. How was that, folks? Right, a couple of times. I could have been better in plenty of situations. I could have, bro. I have, after I lost my mom, like there's been times I should have showed up to the gym. I wasn't feeling right. You know what I mean? It affected me. I, I'm not perfect, but I'm willing to have that conversation. You know what I mean? Okay. No, no. So that's that kind of pretty much clears the air. And I do want to say this. There's a lot of rumors out there going, going around for not just about the gym, but about me or whatnot. Y'all know my number. Throw a pair of balls. Call me. Or better yet, text me. Let's go get some fucking food. Let's go sit down. Go shoot the shit. Me and uh, one of the individuals that, that I ran to his work the other day. We're slowly rebuilding our our friendship. We used to, I thought we were good friends. But you see the shit they say in those messages, Mm -hmm. it's morbid. So literally, like it's you know what morbid means, right? Death. It's morbid. Uh, For example, he's built like a Lego and needs to go fuck his dead mother.
0: Wow. Yeah.
1: Just very raw. Thing is, is they might see it. Oh, the fuck you. That's how I felt. But who wouldn't? You know what I mean? Who wouldn't? It, I know your mom and it, she, she's a light a little, in a dark tunnel. My mom saved my life, his mom. But yeah, I just can't fathom. But joking or not, telling people to go steal, laughing about who's stealing what, talking about literally, I said, Jeff's a bitch. Why well, called you twice, buddy? He <laughs> didn't answer. Like I live a new way for a reason sacred, and I know we're supposed to be spread of positivity, and I really think that this is because if I could overcome I haven't done it completely, but there is. If I could overcome being molested as a child, resent my father, and this, I'm using the same tactics as I did. That's how serious this is for me. It's called a sick man's prayer. And it said, he said, uh, dog, my father, George Platt, was a sick man. Please help me show him the same patience, pity, and tolerance that I would cheer- cheerfully show a sick friend with cancer. It's out of the big books of the Alcoholics Anonymous. And so, whenever I replace that resentment of love and compassion, that is where you start to get the freedom. It's a practice because I view my father as a sick person. He never has the opportunity to get help. I don't know what he went through as a kid. So slowly, I started my perception started to shift. Somebody cuts you off, off on the side of the road, but his son might have just fucking overdosed on heroin. He's rushing to the hospital to say goodbye. Just like that, perception should be. I'm not pissed off anymore. So this the only way I know how to move to this. So I don't know what's going on in their lives for them to say shit like that. I don't know what's going on in their lives for them to really take advantage of Sky, myself, Allison, the gym. We don't get, in. They don't get it. It's not for them to get, but. Uh, I hope them the best. There's some talented they're a couple real talented guys, you know, and uh I mean that that's really all I got, you know, and yes, I just call me. Suck and call me. Yes, I'm to say
2: call me, let's work it out, let's go get lunch. So and yeah, through all the weak weak points there comes strength out of it, you know. I believe. Truly when we get to our weakest points then it can happen that quick you know and get to the strong point you know and we've now brought in Shane yeah, let's talk about Shane i mean it's a new we're like really evolving into this new evolution of black sheep and just this new chapter and it's really good-
0: So you you are saying you're basically saying after losing these people you've rebounded with even better quality talent or, or-
1: Yeah and i want to say something It's fucking so beautiful, and not because they're gone. It's because the energy is so different. Curtis with 10th Planet, Andrew Craig. People say, "Oh, he did ride and all that shit." I don't give a fuck what you call it. Those are good fucking people, man. Solid people. And I'm telling you, man, there we got some really cool stuff in the works. Mm-hmm. And my mom always said, there's a pony in every pile of shit. There's a beautiful pony. Because Shane, hopefully, with that newly guy we're talking to, man, there's just... Eric makes it out
2: extreme couture. Right. Sean Strickland saw you any minute now actually on UFC. It's it's extremely rare. And I want I want these
1: guys listen hear hear me whenever I say this. It's extremely rare because I play a part in this. It trickles down from your fucking leader. Eric Mixig leads. He doesn't just lead, he guides and directs. He installs integrity. There's accountability. There's compassion. There's love. There's assertiveness, and there's a healthy balance of it all, right? There was nothing. You got the head coach telling somebody to go steal. There's a reason why people are in the position they're at in life. And there's a reason why people are still in the same fucking spot. Andrew Craig has done one of the most fucking coolest things that I've got to witness in MMA in Texas. He's built a team. They are not there. They're knocking people out left and right. And you know, like the people that, Luce Savarese called me this morning, not not boasting, but like, I'm doing something right. And I let these people make, make me think that I was doing something very wrong. You know, and I'm glad I'm just trying to kill him make it look like an incident. Well else. So, so I hope the best
0: for everybody. I really do. What's next for black sheep boxing? Amazing. Uh, we just launched
1: a new company. Um, me and Ricky, from my general manager. is called Bat City. Uh, Bat City Prince and Designs. It's so all screen printing, and embroidery, direct to garment. We do everything in house now. Everything banners.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, we just um, we're fixing to launch Black Sheep Strength and Conditioning. We just did all black turf, Rogue Fitness, Red and Black Equipment. Fucking beautiful. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it's nice. Uh, we got saunas coming in. We have uh, coaches' Lounge. You know, really just trying to invest in them, getting uh, them a space. And it works for me. Or another gym. Yeah. And uh, I don't know because I was talking to his ass earlier. He called me right when we started. So I'm just going to act right. hopefully he doesn't need too pissed off. So my buddy Todd, Um, there's some really cool things and works to bring MMA back to Texas. Sanction. So I didn't didn't say last name. So if he gets pissed off, I'm like, well, bro, I don't talk about. <laughs> Literally, we're supposed to talk about it, but he called me right when we started. But mm-hmm. but no, it's just like there's just like the, the minute one door closes, one door opens, like cliché man, I swear I promised him, brother. That that door closed and ten opened. And uh somebody called me the other day and said, So what are you gonna do now that everybody's leaving? I say, Excuse me? He's like, Yeah, I Will you sell the gym?
2: No, man, we won't. How about we did? And man, if I could count the amount of people that have tried to buy the gym out from underneath us. Money is no object. And it's uh, not a crazy amount. A stinky uh, amount. No, it's not. I mean, look,
1: the whole purpose of the gym is to... Look i got to repeat myself. Either you believe it or you don't. Don't give a fuck. But we'll always be here for it. Even if you don't give a fuck. Mm-hmm. Fight for your life program. We'll end with that too. Mm-hmm. If anybody's struggling with mental health or substance abuse, um, reach out to us. Um, our place is not a place where you could stay, but we have the resources to guide, direct you, get you out, get you into treatment, get you into detox. If you're in sober living, I mean, we scholarship four people a month. Um, we do, uh, big, big, big discounts for first responders. Uh, we back the blue, uh, anybody out there on the front lines, EMTs. Uh, honestly, if you're just fucking struggling, we've never said no to anybody, not one fucking person. I mean, I can't tell you how many times this wife has yelled at me. <laughs> <laughs> Giving <and> shit away <laughs> or this, but that's, that's why we opened the job.
0: Yeah, I can tell you guys are passionate and you know you lead with service. Back to the, if not, our, I'm good.
2: The... You end up. <laughs> 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 you end up. I don't want to go back.
1: I don't want to go. I don't want to be incarcerated.
0: Yeah.
1: And in service work, it's, it's the only thing that gets me out of myself. Yeah. I'm self pity. I'm in this fucking pissed off attitude. I have to go be of service. And I'm grateful for Stephen Long for installing that shit in me. Because no matter what, it's not about me. I'm over here bitching and crying about this and that. And this motherfucker's over here. I got no food, man. You know what I mean? And not the audacity. It's just like again, my assigning three may look like an accident. He's saying it's a consistent redirection, redirection, redirection. You have to redirect yourself back into. God's will, whatever you want to call it, Forward, and over and over and over and over and over
2: again, because we are human beings. Yeah. Absolutely. I do want to say, uh, something cool that's coming up with Black Sheep in the near future is Rumble for Rogan. Yes. You know, one of our, uh, members, he's gone through seven years old, the ultimate battle right now. And, uh, yeah, man, it's, it puts things in a little perspective as far as let's forget about all this bullshit that we got going on. And this kid, I mean, he's, he's struggling with brain cancer and he's keeping a good attitude. He, he loves martial arts. He loves karate, MMA, boxing. So we're going to put an event on February 17th and just give him that superstar, you know, feel. Uh yeah. Just yeah, it's all for him. In, all all for his family, and uh, yeah, the most selfish thing you do is, or the most, yeah, the most selfish thing you do is something selfless. selfless and do something because
1: uh, oh, proceeds go to everything.
2: Yeah, uh, so we're just ultimately, and I've, I just earlier got a few uh, people registering for the event, and regardless of all the drama and bullshit, I hope people can oversee that and just say, let's come together for a bigger. Purpose mm-hmm. and let's not miss the whole reason why we all started this in the first place. So the way I'm grab is it, you know, yeah. So the way it came about.
1: Yeah, yeah. we were having a drink. <laughs> <laughs> it, but he turned it for so now. Me and we're we're me and Sarah at the bar, and now they just our brains start firing.
2: I'm talking within fucking minutes. Charlie like it, it gets bad so fucking fast, dude. I mean, we will go bankrupt to help somebody, you know. And I know, I believe that God will pave the way for us to recoup and just keep doing it, If That's what we need to do. You know, if it's meant to be, if the doors need to stay open, nobody's going to shut the doors of God. Yeah. Every time I'm giving membership away, I, I shit you not. Within seconds, somebody comes in,
1: they'll spill a package. I, I cannot make it up, bro. It's like clockwork. So I'll end with this. Tony Jeffries, who is a very good trainer mine, He is one of the top Olympic boxers in the world. He uh, placed third in the Olympics. Uh, he won the bronze. He retired as undefeated. I drove 24 hours to Fort Lauderdale, Florida to train with him for two days and drove 24 hours back. And when everybody went to lunch, I stayed back and I'm like, I'm doing fucking the whole day. I ain't going nowhere. I'm standing right next to you, Tony. Talk to me. And, uh, it was funny because in the beginning, it was like, we're in a AAV almost like all this. Everybody's introducing themselves and they're like, yeah, I'm so and so from this rich Southampton and I'm so and so from this. And I said, I'm Jeff and I, uh, I'm going to teach people that struggle with addiction. And it's all these tattoos and Gary's looking at me. is a really rich fucking gym. Same as I'm And anyway, so I started talking to him and he told me, he told me exactly what to do. He said, Jeff, if you really want to do this, you need to give, 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 give. And you never stop giving to the university staff. He goes, I promise you. With what you, what you're trying to do, he said, do not stop giving. Do not stop giving, and that's exactly what the fuck I did when I got home. I never charged anybody. I still don't charge people. I would every now I used to charge people a a little bit, but now I don't charge. I don't take a percentage, and
0: it worked. I love that. Thanks, Donnie. That's why you've had so much. That's why you've had so much success. And the team. And the team. We're gonna. We're actually gonna wrap up. You guys have a crazy story, and we've gone through so many different topics about it. We've just—it's been like a roller coaster ride. But I really am happy that I've had you guys on, and I, and you've—I'm happy that you've gotten a chance to let off some steam. <laughs> Isn't it, it's not even that though. It's not. Yeah. Like it, if it's not let off
1: steam, it's like. I want them to be better. I want to be better. Yeah. And that right there, it's, it's like what Josh and Andy said, water in the tree. And I don't really want it. I don't want to hit them. I don't want to, slide, I don't want to have a conversation before, you know, like it's just like, I think that if they hear this in the true and my true self, Sky's true self, then maybe something might hit that says like, dude, I did fuck up. Yeah. And I fucked up. I did too. Oh, yeah, he did. <laughs> Damn. <you got> I broke <laughs> my fucking door.
2: Oh, that, yeah. You know,
1: Sagar, i just, I'm grateful for you, man. Seriously. It's, uh, you give us a platform. And uh, I was going to take it to my grave. you know, so I, uh, it was unplanned. It really was. It was, uh, we. It can still be deleted. No, I'm
2: kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, <laughs> but, you know,
1: uh, I think. <laughs> I think it would be really important, man. Uh, you know, we'll come back soon and hopefully we'll be able to uh, dive into NFC. Yeah. I think the uh, community deserves to know the truth and uh, we'll just have to wait until uh, everything plays out. Um, right. Stick to the facts.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, it's, it, the way, it's been a pleasure having both of you guys on. Um, where can listeners support you online?
2: Uh Instagram, Sky Productions underscore ninety nine and five flicks TV. Um Black Sheet Boxing in
1: underscore. Okay. Uh, then you see the website the www the number one dot com. Um and then uh, we'll do a we'll shut down. But oh no I got it. I got it, I got it. We offer forties about 47 classes a week. Uh, boxing, Muay Thai, MMA, um, and let's, we have a competitive team. Um, we have mom shedding and baby, baby, off baby chat, you know, so we've got all walks of life, uh, that are trained at the facility. You do not have to be a competitor. Um, first class is free and come on in and, you know, just come join the family. Uh, got a lot of new cool things and, you know, just if you say that you, uh, watch this podcast, then we will take 40. Allison Canadian, We're able, we'll take 40, uh, $40 off your registration
0: fee. Awesome. Love that. Wasn't oh yeah, expecting was that. that. <laughs> <laughs> That's what's up. Well, I got one more question for both of you. We'll start with you, Sky. <laughs> what's the impact you want to have on the world? I mean, of course leaving it better than I got here.
2: But the positivity that my instructors have instilled in me, their martial arts, you know, the tense that we have lived by the, you know, self-control and double spirit perseverance, you know, just instilling these things that we've learned in martial arts, share that. And yeah, I think everybody
0: will be better off, you know, Awesome, that's awesome. How about you, Jeff? Jeff, what's the impact you want to have in the world? man,
1: bro. i switch it. I don't know. Every day it's different, And It's all situational. One day. No, I want to inspire. Next day, I actually want to get—I don't know—actually fucking help somebody. Yeah, do know, fuck it. It's, uh, I just want to—is every day is what I like, I know to the fuck I am at art, even though I make a, a lot of mistakes, and I just care. And that's the way my mom taught me how to how to live. And I fucking miss it. Yeah. Good. Well, it
0: was great sitting down with you guys. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was, yeah, it was. It was great sitting down with you guys. Um, I mean, but it, the impact you said—it's basically you want to help people. Yeah, right. Yep. You want to help people, and you do that. You do it well. This is the Sacred Thomas Podcast.